I... I don't know what's come over me. I'll have to sit down and listen to Fan Holes, the pop culture podcast. Oh, I can't believe this. Made for the fans. Oh, oh, damn you, He-Man. By the fans. All right, guys, welcome to Fan Holes. My name is Tony Chainclaw. You have not heard from me in a long time. I was actually put on the front lines to make sure everything was going well with the Autobot cause. I can guarantee you, folks, Optimus Prime is still ripping the faces off of everyone he sees. So, that in mind, I think we should go ahead and get ready to go ahead and do this show. Got a lot of cool things to talk about this week. We're doing kind of an 80s theme this week. We're going to be talking about our favorite cartoons that aren't Transformers, believe it or not. We're going to get into a roundtable a little bit later. It's kind of like an 80s shame thing. Something from the 80s that we really shouldn't like, but we do. You can't help it. Also, we're doing our favorite uh, short-lived 80s toy line. There's a lot of toy lines released in the 80s. Very heavy cartoon era. Cartoons being allowed to be 30-minute uh, commercials pretty much let everybody come up with a random toy line. So we're going to kind of get into that a little bit, too. And then for the future, we're going to talk about BotCon. Not an 80s topic, but it's for the future, not for the 80s. So that in mind, now that I'm back from the front lines, I'm here finally. So let's make sure everybody else is here. Let's get a little roll call action going on here. Who's here with me, guys? Hey, this is Brian, a.k.a. Trojan Man. <laughs> Hey, what's up? This is Derek. I know, right? <laughs> Hi, it's uh, <laughs> it, it's Mike. Woo! <laughs> Grimlock, and I'm outrageous. Truly, truly outrageous. <laughs> oh, excellent. <laughs> All right, guys. Glad to see everybody's here, including me. I've been the guy I've been missing for like a couple of weeks. I'm super excited to just go ahead and jump into some stuff here. <laughs> Prime told me there'd be days like this, <laughs> and you didn't believe him. I do now. The 80s, as I said earlier, a huge time for a geek or a nerd, or you know what? Even if you were a kid, because there are so many cartoons, so many toy lines, so many awesome things that like pretty much define an era for pretty much your fan holes and your you know population of pop culture enthusiasts in general. Pretty much one of the biggest things was cartoons. The 80s had so, so, so many cartoons. You can't even keep track of how many they were made. Some of them good, some of them bad, but we're going to pretty much concentrate on the ones we really liked right now. And that's no lie. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe! We're talk about 80s cartoons that we really dug that weren't Transformers, because we do kind of talk about Transformers a whole lot. I'm going to kind of just jump out of the box and go with our good friend Brian. Man, what was your favorite 80s cartoon that was not our favorite Robots in Disguise? Yeah. Thinking about this topic this week, it wasn't even, like, hard to come up with what my second most favorite cartoon would be. It, it had to be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I'm sure a lot of you liked it as well, but, like, I remember being at a friend's house when I first saw I don't know if it's, like, a two- or three-parter, but they're, the first few episodes, I remember, like, super well animated. And, like, so it was easy to love right away. And then, of course, there's the toy line and comics and um, video games especially. Like, I remember on the NES and Ninja Turtle, it gets uh, bagged on a lot, especially the angry video game nerd. But <laughs> that, that, that first video game I really enjoyed. And, like, where a lot of games were kind of, like, one-dimensional, like, a, I don't know if it's, like, a side-scroller. That would be the whole game was a side-scroller. This one mixed it up. You start out with a top-down view. There are side-scrolling parts. There's a dam mission where you're swimming underwater. 
So I don't know. It just blew me away. <laughs> I was thinking back to some of my antics surrounding like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle lore. And I remember on a number of occasions, me and my friends would actually like sneak out of the house at night and like play Ninja Turtles. And like, I remember once like we had pizza that night. So I was munching a piece of pizza as we ran out of the house. I, I ended up setting like half the pizza, <laughs> half the pizza slice on someone's car. I was like, the Ninja Turtles were here. And like all, all my friends laughed and stuff. And as I was remembering this story as an adult, I was thinking back. I'm like, I wonder what the guy thought the next morning. He probably came out and thought like some uh, like homeless wino, like it stopped to take a piss by his car and forgotten his meal or something. But uh, I don't know. I, 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 Brian, I think he would have gotten the message that the Ninja Turtles were there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even a two-year-old could tell you that. Yeah. I, actually, so, Justin, uh, Justin did the same thing. He threw the Fort Max, like, through that guy's window who was going to sell it to him later on. <laughs> and for some reason, I think he got the idea that Grimlock was there. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. Ninja Turtles has really stuck with me. It's definitely a popular toy line and one that really made an impression on me. Give me three. <laughs> oh, man. No, the Ninja Turtles was freaking iconic. I mean, you can vouch for it today, just like Transformers and other properties I won't mention because they might be one of you guys' favorites. It's still around today. You can still see recent cartoons for the Ninja Turtles. It's a awesome choice. If you don't like Ninja Turtles who eat pizza and beat up other ninjas, you're not an American. So... Obviously. Yeah, there, there's something, like, essential to the storyline that really strikes the core with people because, I mean, they just keep reinventing it, and, you know, it still remains popular every time they bring it back. Thinking even about the structure of the team, you know, they have the classic, like, four, four-person four team dynamic. They got the brainiac. They got the straight-laced, you know, forward-thinking leader. They got the crack-up comedy guy. And then I was always the, the Raphael and myself. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's just, just a classic classic uh, cartoon. Also, Brian, did you enjoy the newer series? Yeah, I did. I got I'm, – I'm not sure – I got the most recent one, like the first two seasons, I think. And then even, like, the recent CGI animated movie, I enjoyed that as well, too. Didn't see the CGI one yet. I, I actually should see that. I heard it was pretty good, not too bad. Yeah, oh, yeah. it's actually pretty good. <laughs> I thought it was cool. really good, actually. I, I That one I thought was a good amalgamation of everything that kind of worked from all the different eras. You know, it seemed like they, they took and sort of cherry-picked, you know, from the movies and the comics and the, the you know, the 80s cartoon and the, you know, now the, the new, the, what they call like the, the 2K3 cartoon or whatever. Like, I, I thought it did yeah. a good job of sort of making it something that fans of any of those versions could like uh-huh. i was gonna say kick-ass fight between leo and raf too yeah 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 that's right, a great right. fight. and turtles forever even after that that you know i'm a really rock my world too because it brought in the comic guys the 80s guys the more recent guys so it was pretty badass cool great choice i cannot fault you for that at all <laughs> all right we got turtles on the plate right now so derek man 80s cartoons you're up to bat so for for me, I, I mean, I kind of have some, I guess, as Mike would say, I've got some honorable mentions and stuff. But for the most part, since I'm a comic guy, the honorable mentions are going to go to the, the Superpowers show and Spider-Man <laughs> and his amazing friends. Because those were kind of the shows that, you know, I watched 
growing up that heavily got me interested into comic books. You know, that's why, you know, I love Iceman and the original X-Men and, you know, superpowers, obviously, you know, Superman and Firestorm and all those guys, Cyborg, you know, guys like that. I was always giddy about, you know, the superpowers toy line and that kind of stuff. But when you say Transformers to me, I mean, normally I, I think like, okay, yeah, Transformers was one of my favorites. I always had episodes of that on VHS tapes that were always getting ratty and eaten up. And my immediate reaction is, well, what else is there second best to Transformers but G.I. Joe? So, I mean, I, I would have to go with that. I mean, even though now kind of like sometimes I'll look back on some of the episodes like Pyramid of Darkness and kind of yuck it up that you know, Snake Eyes and Shipwreck are running around dressed in drag, and it makes me laugh my ass off. But, I mean, some of those... Why do you find Shipwreck and Drag funny? <laughs> <laughs> that seems totally normal to me. Just let you know there. <laughs> like, you I'm know. Shipwreck! <laughs> yeah. We are cold slither. I just got into port. But yeah, I mean, you know, the, those kind of, you know, the, the the early miniseries, you know, the mass device and the weather dominator. Like, I, I love those a lot. And I remember watching those a lot. You know, Destro was always, you know, one of my big favorites. You know, I mean, as far as, the, you know, obviously the comics were very different. So there are different characters to like, you know, especially guys like Snake Eyes and, and Storm Shadow and stuff. Whereas maybe in the cartoon, you know, you, you might not get as much focus on those characters. But there was plenty of, you know, Know, things to like and even i i mean you know I, I was kind of a sucker for all that kind of stuff even the you know this i command you know and, sort of <laughs> and all that kind of stuff you know so i mean i i definitely enjoyed that probably you know i know you know that that had as much influence on my 80s habits as transformers did I actually hey, Derek, thinking back on my, my childhood i remember playing a lot with the toys and even like having like G.I. Joe coloring books and stuff, but there's very few episodes I remember. I was wondering if you could remember back to when you were a kid, like what time slot G.I. Joe actually filled, like was it anywhere near Transformers or what? Yeah, normally for me, like, because I remember them airing pretty, what I remember watching was I would get home just in time to watch like the last 15 minutes of GoBots. And then, and then I think it was, it was like G.I. Joe and Transformers or Transformers and G.I. Joe. And I'm not sure if I had to switch the channels to get to them or whatever, but I remember watching all those, you know, GoBots and Transformers and G.I. Joe kind of in succession. Almost. Yeah. So, so that's it, it makes sense if like G.I. Joe was actually before Transformers because I got home like right at 3.30 from school walking home and that's right when Transformers started. So okay. that's why I have like no no memory of many of the episodes. I actually remember this. This may be kind of a shock to some of you guys, but G.I. Joe here when I was growing up, I don't know if it was just a lark. They just decided to go with it. But here it actually aired on an NBC affiliate, like a, one of the big three even though it was syndicated, it came on at four o'clock and I had to switch over to one of the UHF stations to catch Transformers. <laughs> but I always thought it was so cool. I was like, G.I. Joe is big time. They're on like a real network, you know? Yeah. Does it I, ever I, piss you guys off as a kid when like a baseball game would preempt cartoons? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh. Like I, I remember come home and, and like it'd be like, like a Cubs game or something. And like <laughs> Harry Carey would be like, oh, the Cubs. And I was like, what the? What I always remember like, People would try to uh, record reruns of G.I. Joe and Transformers on, I think it was like Superstation TBS or something, or, or it was uh -huh. like some Chicago channel that we had access to with cable. And and then I remember there was always like... Oh, uh, know, the Chicago station was WGM. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And so, 
So so then we would try to, you know, tape episodes and stuff like that. But then, like Brian's saying, you'd come home to your tape and you'd find, like, 30 minutes of, like, a baseball game. And you'd be like, <laughs> like I yeah. want to see Cyclonus, you know. The, the Cubs are the main reason I never saw, like, half the run of cops. <laughs> <laughs> I, but I remember one of the cool things was when G.I. Joe the movie came out, it was on a VHS tape, you know, like, from a local rental store. That's how I first watched it. And I was thinking, oh, it'd be so cool if I could, you know, buy a copy of this. But then that was back when, like, VHS tapes were, like, you know, 100 bucks or something ridiculous or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and so so I, I remember I rented it, you know, and I was like, oh, this is awesome. This is awesome. And then what was funny was, like, not two days later – it was on, you know, the the local channel that GI Joe normally would air on, which was I think BU <laughs> Channel Two. And so I remember it was funny. And my dad's like, "Didn't we just watch this like two days ago?" You know, and I'm like, "We're watching it again. Like this is all." Awesome. <laughs> oh, Dad, that was a different cartoon. Right, and just just for our fan holes listeners, a little bit of trivia. Unfortunately, because Transformers the movie didn't meet expectations box office wise, the fate of GI Joe the theatrical movie never reached the theaters. It's kind of a sad thing. And and Duke was a okay. Oh yeah, yeah, that changed too. He was just in a coma. All right. <laughs> that was the worst hey, dubbing what? ever. What about Duke? He's just fine. <laughs> he's playing ping pong right now. <laughs> he got stabbed in the heart, but he's okay. Coma. <laughs> Yo, Joe. <laughs> Big Lob's all pissed off because he was next in line rank wise. Yes, I actually mentioned Big Lob. Makes his move. Hack it. Hack it. Yeah, Joe. Yeah. Yeah, you can't even talk about the 80s without mentioning G.I. Joe. I'm just, I got to move on to Mike because I know so many of us want to talk about our stuff. We're just going to go right to you, Mike. What's your favorite 80s tune, man? Besides, well, well, like everyone else, you know, I liked, I really liked Ninja Turtles and, you know, I watched G.I. Joe's and Thundercats. I probably watched a lot of these into the early 90s, too, because, you know, I, I was like, when the 80s ended, I was like six years old, so I, I, I probably ended up watching these somewhere a little out of their time zone, but, you know, I, I always find it funny, like, Ninja Turtles, like, Leonardo was always my favorite turtle, and he was the one who kind of, like, started me on the path of always liking, like, that character archetype. Prowl like, and Cyclops. Yeah, Prowl, yeah. Cyclops and Prowl guy, yeah. And so I, I, I always credit Leonardo with that, like, and it, it was funny, because, like, at, at the playground, like, no one seemed to want to be that character, so I was like, I'll be Leonardo, yeah, I was like, I'll be the guy, the, the, the stuck-up guy, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> but I always thought that was kind of funny, but I, the one There's I, always that kid in the park who's like, I'll be Gears. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah, you just sit in the corner and complain, but no, but the one, for favorite besides Transformers, I picked, Derek mentioned it, I picked Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Nice. It's, yeah, it, it it was a big part of getting me into, like, comics and liking Spider-Man 2. And, well, I was going to say, I was like, well, there's Spider-Man comics, like, at some point. Like, I'd, I'd get Transformer comics, and I'd be like, hey, Spider-Man's a comic book character, too? <laughs> so it, it was kind of weird like They're that. making like, a comic now? Yeah, know, exactly. Right? <laughs> exactly. That yeah, too must like, be popular. Did you know that you can follow Spider-Man's <laughs> adventures in <laughs> comics? <laughs> no, but in any case, yeah, I, I also have to credit, I think Firestar was the first girl I ever had a crush on. So, that, Do you she, like redheads now? Yeah, 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 I do. But, hey, she and calls, New Warriors? Yeah, yeah, New Warriors is okay, yeah. No, but I was going to say she, she caused strange stirrings in my pajama bottoms. Wow. <laughs> yes. I didn't know what those meant, and I still don't. 
<laughs> but I, I, I also assume you're a big fan of the breakout character of that series, Miss Lion. Yes, yes, I was. <laughs> no, I always like, like your your confession about Firestar it brought to mind a memory of mine. The first sexual dream I ever had is before I was <laughs> or anything, but it was with Miss, you know, Mister Ed. It was like with Wilbur's wife, that blonde lady. <laughs> <laughs> and like I didn't even know what sex was, but I remember I had a dream with like me and her like laying in bed, and I woke up. And I was like, "Whoa, that's awesome!" <laughs> uh, oh man, Wilbur. <laughs> I was gonna say I've I've always liked that episode of Amazing Friends when P- I get like Peter, this girl comes from the future. And, like, Peter falls in love with her, and then, like, he's going to, like, go to the future with her at the end and, like, leave his friends behind. And I always thought it was funny because I always, like, hated, 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 like, Aunt May. And I was like, yes, he's finally getting away from Aunt May. Like, I always <laughs> thought she was, like, the bad guy almost. Like, oh, stupid Aunt May. You don't even know your nephew is freaking a superhero. You're always nagging him and stuff. So I was like, oh, yeah, he's leaving. He's leaving. And, but then he has to come back at the end, of course. And, you know, nowadays... Obviously, I realize that's really not in character at all for Peter Parker, but, you know, I'm going to, okay. Like, we just wait for her to be like, I'm leaving you, you testicle shriveling shrew. It's funny you bring up Aunt May, because my thing as a little kid was, since since I didn't, you know, at that point, I had only seen the cartoons, and that was all I sort of knew of Spider-Man's world. I was actually convinced that Aunt May was blind. Cause I was like, I was like, dude, there's no way that old lady does not know that he's Spider-Man. <laughs> Change is like right in front of her, you know, like I'm all, can't you see that guy walking up on top of the walls and stuff? And like the way, the way they sort of colored her eyes, it was like, you know, they just kind of gave her those kind of glazed white eyes with the circles. Yeah. And I was always just convinced I'm all, Oh yeah. Yeah. Aunt May is Peter Parker's blind aunt. Like, like that's what I thought. <laughs> like six years old because i was like i'm like there's no way you couldn't see that he's you know that, that cartoon actually tainted me a little bit because when i started reading comics i was so pissed off that iceman never like froze himself into a block of ice and broke out of it i'm like that's what he does <laughs> well i do admit like Why is he I, back? I, I can remember the first time like playing like the x-men arcade game where i'd be like why is Magneto here? Why isn't he like? Why isn't he in like a Spider-Man and Firestar and Iceman game? Like, <laughs> <laughs> why, 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 why isn't Reed Richards throwing wooden guns at him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that that's my pick: Spider-Man and his amazing friends. And his amazing friends. Like we're just like I thought Wolverine just pushed Professor X on a wheelchair. What the hell is he doing fighting? Uh, that was in the episode, wasn't it? I don't know. I could be wrong. Justin, sir, you and your Captain America glory, who's your favorite cartoon from the 80s? That is not Transformers. Mine is the real Ghostbusters. Ah. I think that was the first cartoon, like, I really got into hardcore as a little kid. Like, I could not miss that episode. I couldn't miss a single episode anytime it was on. I would go crazy if I did. Anytime we went to the store, I was like, oh, I got to get this guy and. You know, I got I got to get this Egon, and my mom would be like, you've already got an Egon, but I was like, this one goes off scary face and his jaw drops. I got to get this one, too. And like, I th- actually, I think Ghostbusters 2 was one of the first non-animated movies I watched in the theater. Oh, cool. <laughs> I was into Ninja Turtles and Transformers and G.I. Joe and stuff, but Ghostbusters was the first big thing I ever got into. Wow, who, who would have thought? I, I You know, they, they need to learn a thing or two. We don't need multiple versions of Batman. We need multiple versions of Egon. <laughs> I, actually, I was going to ask you, Justice, since Ghostbusters is your favorite cartoon. A lot of people usually, like, gripe about it. 
to me, it never really mattered. Did you get kind of annoyed that, like, you know, the real Ghostbusters didn't look exactly like their movie counterparts? No, that that never really bothered me. The only thing, like, as a kid, I was, you know, even entered my mind. I was like, why do they have different uniforms than in the movie? And then later on, they addressed that in an episode. Like, I think, actually, you know, J. Michael Straczynski. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because it yeah, was like they're, a, they're, where their clothes come back to life with ectoplasm. Yeah. I'm sure Eric Larson is rolling in his in his Oakland <laughs> room right now <laughs> over it. But yeah, the Ghostbusters clothes came back to life. Like that that episode like kind of scared me a little bit. I just thought it was creepy. Like there was stuff coming out of their eyes, like smoke and stuff, and their mouths. I was like, this is really kind of creepy. And <laughs> like the only other time I can remember getting freaked out about a cartoon was an episode of Ghostbusters. It was the one where the boogeyman's running around and Egon's a fan. Oh of yeah, him. yeah, yeah. And it, it, it's mostly like his design. He has that huge face and tongue, and then it's like his. He's got these pig feet that kind of clack every, every time he moves on a surface. So it was just like that whole. You know, package like his weird face and his feet clacking. I was like, oh, I can see why he kind of really freaking out about this guy. I remember my favorite was the the Sam Hain ones with the the pumpkin head guy or whatever. Like, yeah. I don't know why I always used to like guys with pumpkin heads. Whether it was like Lord Pumpkin from the Ultraverse, if anybody remembers that old Malibu comic or whatever. Yeah, he was, he like, fought Sludge, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, but, but, yeah, I always thought that Sam Hain was a pretty cool, like, big bad for the real Ghostbusters. Now, mm-hmm. That's one. That's one thing I, I like. They actually went through, like, you know, different ghosts. They weren't just like this week. The Ghostbusters tried to foil the plot of the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man and Zool for the fifteenth time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were always mixing it up. You'd get elements from like, you know. Greek mythology, and then you'd get like Cthulhu, and then you'd get like you know the ghost of uh, Casey Jones, or the they go to the Bermuda, Bermuda Triangle or something. They was always kind of switch it up. It wasn't always you know like oh it's Stay Puft and Gozer and some stupid stuff Slimer or something. I always remember when I was growing up, they would have the the filmation Ghostbusters cartoon, which was based on those old movies and stuff. And whenever I would see that, I would always turn it on, thinking like oh cool Ghostbusters is going to be on. And then I'd turn on, and it was like the filmation one, and I'd be like. Oh, what's this? <laughs> like, this isn't the Ghostbusters. I, yeah. I would make that mistake too, like reading the TV guide. I'd be like, "Ooh, Ghostbusters!" And then you know, like, I'm just like, "Wait, what is this?" Yeah, like, what? He's got a net and a camera, and these aren't the Ghostbusters. Why is that monkey hiccuping? What the hell? <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, I guess that kind of fell out of Ghostbusters around the time that it became Slimer and the real Ghostbusters, and uh, yeah. they, the the animation got, you know kind of cheap in my opinion it got really cartoony and stuff i was like didn't really care for the whole focus on the slimer so i, I think that's when i finally jumped over to like transfer not transfer but ninja turtles because i got into ninja turtles really hardcore too did you ever follow the the now comics justin i had a few of those as a kid like i had like a very tiny stack of ghostbuster comics compared to my other comics but the only one i can ever remember reading more than once was there was a 3d issue and i can remember like like oh 3d that's really cool and putting on the glasses and reading that comic like multiple times and then like i would like after watching back to the future i thought the the guy who was wearing those glasses really cool so i kind of did the same thing for a while i was like running around wearing 3d glasses and then i kind of quit doing that once my parents yelled at me and told me i was an idiot (laughs) (laughs) i I would think the extreme headaches would ward you off sooner than your parents getting mad (laughs) <laughs> that that must uh, that might explain some things about me today actually. 
<laughs> but I'm unlike uh, other toys that I had when I was a kid. Like I had a lot of Transformers and Ninja Turtles. Like most of those didn't survive for some reason, or if they did, they're like. You know, Donatello, Donatello would be mangled and he'd be missing a foot or something. But most of my Ghostbuster toys survived. Like, I've still got my Ecto-1 and, you know, the four guys. And I've still got my Ghost Trap and my Proton Pack. Like, they're hanging up, you know, at my house. I had the Ecto-1 and Spider-Man would always drive it at my house. <laughs> he was always cruising around. To get away from Aunt May. Yeah. <laughs> Aunt no more like, gigs. Peter, why are you driving that Corvette? It's not a... Uh, Peter, I can't uh, see you. Where are you? <laughs> Did any did any of you guys watch Extreme Ghostbusters when it was on or have any of the toys? I yeah, did watch I, it, but yeah, I know that like it kind of actually tied into the original, right? Yeah, like the original Ghostbusters showed up, you know, like Egon's kind of the, you know, teacher Professor X for this next generation and Slimer and Jenny are still there and like the last episode of the two-parter and the original guys come back and they're like, "Hey, you know, we miss doing this." And they kind of they kind of take over as being Ghostbusters for a little while. <laughs> yeah, I, I I remember when when that was that show was pointed out to me. I specifically watched the the team up episode because I like you know I like team ups or whatever. So I was like, oh, that's cool. I'll watch that. You know, but th- those are the only episodes those episodes you just mentioned that I've actually seen of Extreme Ghostbusters. Like as a kid, I thought it was a pretty good series. Like I thought it was a good continuation. And then like I went back and watched some of those episodes. You know. A few months ago, and I thought, you know, they they actually held up pretty well. It's like it's better than I remembered it being. Certainly better than like GI Joe Extreme or anything like that. All right, cool, Justin. I appreciate that, man. That's awesome. I mean, Ghostbusters again. You know, just like Ninja Turtles, it really doesn't go away. They're not as in the spotlight as they once were, but at the same time, they still came out with a video game not even a year ago. So they're still in the consciousness of everybody. The really great properties never really go away, which kind of leads into mine. My favorite cartoon, and I'm really having to base this off of what I watched when I was a kid and also how many flipping toys I had of this property, I got to go with He-Man. He-Man was just – because when it came out, it actually was right around the time G.I. Joe came out. It had about a good two, maybe three years on Transformers. And He-Man to me, even though now the old cartoons are incredibly gay – when I watched them, you know, it was sword and sorcery with technology. I mean, there's this guy with a big sword, like, not really hacking people to death, but he threatened to. And he had a tank, and there was just all this stuff that was just such a wonderful world. It was just so engrossing. It's like, and it had, like, the kind of, like, the comic mythology with, like, the whole Superman thing, where he was Adam, you know, the young boy <laughs> prince who is a coward and a stumble bomb and he's just not that good at stuff. And then when he holds aloft his magic sword and says, by the power of Grayskull, he's a badass barbarian. And it just, it seemed really cool to me. It, it seemed like a really thought out, really well executed series. I mean, again, as I said, when you get a little bit older, you see a little bit of gay innuendo there. But the toy line was awesome. Yeah, these big, huge guys just beating the crap out of each other, like, as far as you go. The cartoon, not so much, but, like, when you play with them, you're just like, I want to punch your head off your head, you know? <laughs> and, uh, I'll, I'll just say I love Alan Oppenheimer as Skeletor. You know, I love oh, when he's like, yeah. oh, oh, He-Man, you spoiled <laughs> me again. <laughs> like, That's I love, I love all that stuff, you know? Like, I, Yeah, I always love that. Sorceress? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I love him. Yeah. Especially, like, the, the thing that I loved watching the most, like, revisiting or whatever. Actually, what's funny is it's not even a revisit. I had never seen the He-Man, She-Ra, 
Christmas special until it was <laughs> yeah. on DVD. And, like, I remember the first time I watched that, I was like, oh, my God, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. You know, it's just, oh, yeah, he's like, Skeller. what? What is this Christmas spirit? Oh, oh, I'm feeling good. Oh. <laughs> he's got to help the kids and stuff. And there's, like, the little dog that's got, like, the puppy dog eyes and everything. That's, like, the greatest cartoon, like, ever. Yeah, and then, like, yeah, you had Hordak flying around the whole time. It was like, hey, man. <laughs> I know they they fixed this like in the recent cartoon, like in the 2000 cartoon, where like you know Prince Adam and He Man didn't look exactly like each other, but yeah, Prince Adam was kind of a twink and He Man it, it, was more. It just reminds me. <laughs> it just reminds me of a, a, a twisted Mego theater where um like Spider Man goes to Eternia and like he he like shacks up with like Skeletor and Skeletor is like showing him like his like room and he's like he's got a picture of Prince Adam and a picture of He Man right next to each other and he's like these are my two worst enemies He Man yeah the the champion of good and Prince Adam He Man's greatest royal advocate and Spider-Man's like, dude, they're, like, the same guy. And, like, Skeletor, like, looks at the pictures for, like, two panels. Then he goes, I'll be damned. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, it just, it, just, it just cuts to, like, like Adam's house. And, like, he opens the door and he's like, oh, Skeletor, let me go get He-Man for you. And, like, Skeletor remember just this. stabs He-Man. Uh, just stabs Adam. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> but I mean, I mean that was that was kind of like why I liked it though. It did have that kind of superhero mentality. Like nobody knew that He Man and Adam were one and the same. You know, just like the glasses thing. You know, Adam takes off his shirt and gets a tan, and okay, his voice does get like seventeen octaves lower. You know, sorceress. <laughs> well, it always it always reminded me more of of Captain Marvel or oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah. Because it seemed like a lot of those things, you know, a talking tiger, you know, like all that kind of stuff yeah, seemed to talking Tony. carry over from from certain things. Like to to me, I know, I know, I'll probably mention this, so maybe I'm sabotaging myself, but like you know, the things I always saw similarities of is like in filmation, they used Batmite on the second Batman series, and Batmite seemed to me to be like a a precursor to Orko, you know, and then t- talking Tawny is kind of a a precursor to Cringer, you know, and that kind of thing. And you know what so. the really horrible thing was? Is even back then, as a kid, you know, innocent to the world and whatnot, yada, yada, yada. Oh, yeah, I still hate Orko. I, oh, <laughs> so much, so much. It's like, I, I don't care what you're going to do. Go away. I want to see the guy <laughs> hit something with a sword. But I, I think I think Orko had the same kind of fan aura that, that guys like Wolverine and Snake Eyes had, though, don't you think? Like, because everybody was always like, what does Orko's face look like? You know, <laughs> the whole thing of, I remember they had the episode where they were like, he's going to take off his uh, his hat. From like, behind, yeah. You know, and stuff like that where people like, what does Orko look like? Well, you know? to, 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 a, <laughs> to again reference Twisted Mego Theater, there's there's one of those where Spider-Man and Hawkeye go hunting for Orcos, and like Hawkeye's like that O on his chest is a target from God. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, and I'll give credit to one thing is Transformers and stuff did a lot of things where they would show characters at first and be like, oh, that's cool, a brand new character. Like, you know, first season, Shockwave, Devastator, all that, Jetfire. But they already had these toys planned, you know? It was like, yeah, they're coming out anyway. We're just giving you a little teaser so you'll be like, Mom, I got to buy Shockwave. He's sitting at Cybertron board. 
<laughs> and with Orko, they actually made him because supposedly of his popularity. You know, he was a totally cartoon created character, and it was just we oh we got to make Orko. Why? Oh, why not? Uh, well, I remember. I remember for years I used to use the, the you know how I they had these little like erasers and they were shaped like you know they had He-Man erasers and the He-Man eraser was just you know He-Man holding a sword and it was rubber and you'd you know erase it and eventually his head would like disappear or whatever right <laughs> but like like the one I kept to use with all my figures until they made the legitimate Orco toy was they had a little Orco eraser. And so I never erased with that. It was just to me, I was like, oh, it was pretty small. And I was like, in my head, I was like, oh, yeah, that's kind of the right size that Orko would need to be to, you know, fit with the He-Man toys. Because the actual Orko toy was actually pretty huge. Yeah, it was, yeah. And he was like about like half as big as a, a He-Man toy and stuff like that. Yeah, like that. a really lame like, ripcord action thing. Yeah, yeah, and you like rolled them around like he was spindle or something. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I, I always thought that was a neat trick as a kid. Hey, you're like, I like Dorco. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I, I never disliked Dorco, but I thought the toy was kind of, you know, huge for the, its its size, you know. And and to go into like my favorite He-Man character, just because I don't know, can't really ex- explain it because it was just such a cool idea for a character. Tony. Yeah. Tony. It, it's not Fisto, is it? No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite He-Man character as an adult. No, I mean as a kid. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> remember folks, started senior, sober. Remember, send your angry emails to fanholespodcast at gmail.com <laughs> No, actually, the character I loved, even in the cartoon, he wasn't too bad. I mean, the characterizations were a little off as I grew older. I kind of realized that. But even as a toy and just seeing him on the screen as an animated character, I love Manny Faces. <laughs> Yeah, I just thought that was a cool concept. He like, you know, even in the commercial, he was like, he turns from a man to a monster to a robot. And in the cartoon, he was like an actor, which was kind of weird. But then Skeletor is like, many faces. I will turn you into this. And they're like, why? No, no. (laughs) No. Some of those like He-Man characters are almost like Dick Tracy characters where they (laughs) all like some weird gimmick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, but I mean, it was it was fun. I, I, the only thing I kind of felt bad for is, like, the later series kind of got really hokey. It was like, ugh, these characters are horrible. Then they went into the new adventures of He-Man with, like, the lightsaber and spaceship and stuff. But Don't you remember Eternia was always a spaceship? Yeah. There was no planet. Yeah, I was going to ask if you were still <laughs> into He-Man when that came out because, like, for me, I remember the new adventures of He-Man more clearly than I do the original series. Hmm. I am a little older, so... Yeah, me, me, and me and Tony, like to us, like, and that, that's why I feel dated sometimes when we talk about stuff. But then to me, sometimes I'm like, dude, the new Adventures of He-Man, that's like brand new, dude. That like came out last week, you know. Like <laughs> to me, because I'm like, He-Man's like old, you know. But like that was always new. I remember, I remember watching that, going, "What's this?" I go, "Ooh, He-Man looks weird." Like, okay, that's kind of funny. You know, to me, it was almost like, you know, oh, should I be watching this? I'm like in high school, you know, or whenever the hell it came out. Yeah. You know? Well, I just, like, I just hated the names because off the top of my head, like three characters that had horrible names, Flipshot, not so bad, Flog, which <laughs> kind of bad. And there was actually a character named Butthead. Yeah. <laughs> I think he was one of the new Avengers guys. No, that's what I'm talking about, the later guys, yeah. The, the, oh. the first run was pretty good. The, the only three guys I hated in the original series, as far as name-wise, was Mosquitoor, because I'm like, <laughs> you're kind of reaching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but really, a Mosquito? And he was he was actually was labeled as 
the evil master of mosquito or suction power or something like that. It's not like <laughs> blood sucking power. Drag store, the evil master of drag racing or something. <laughs> was that was that the horde guy? He was a horde guy, yeah. Yeah, I had him. He had the little like wheel inside his stomach. Yeah, you laid him down flat, and he pulled the ripcord, and he would zoom across the floor. More and more of the awesome ripcord action. Yeah. Going on. As long as he wasn't drag store, the evil queen of drag queens. <laughs> All I remember is Stinkor. Right. Yeah. With the Stinkor, the awesome smelling. Actually, that's uh, the guy I was going to mention. Yeah, the paint. awesome power of smelling like ass. <laughs> Actually, like he didn't really like. I I, I thought he kind of smelled like licorice, like not like black licorice, like, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was horrible though, because it was like no fans, but why is he man scared of a skunk with a breathing mask? <laughs> I always got into trouble with the the horde slime pit, you know. And then like like tying it back to Ghostbusters, like the real the the real Ghostbusters had had uh, ectoplasm. Oh yeah. And the horse slime pit had slime, which were basically the same thing. Well, but the Ninja Turtles had that tank too. Oh, pour the okay. Fusion down on them. Yeah, I always remember being so disappointed that you know that stuff eventually evaporates. So I remember you know being a little kid and going like, "Where'd all my horse slime go?" <laughs> it, it either evaporated or it turned to like this nice green brick. <laughs> yeah. Like you wake up in the middle of the night, you can barely see and it's like your mom's in the corner eating it it must have been some kind of weird 80s thing where like a bunch of toy lines had to have slime as an accessory for some reason i, I really do think that it was Ghostbusters. well i mean we had an abundance of toxic waste and no way to get rid of it in the 80s so <laughs> let's give it to kids <laughs> but yeah yeah i i yeah he he man just holds a special place mark. And to end it on a high note, I always loved the vehicle because there was just something disturbing about the fact that all the vehicles were like half animal. They had like this one they called a dragon walker. I remember this very fondly because it's the worst idea for a toy ever. It's this big chariot looking thing with a dragon head and it slides slowly forward till it gets to the end of the track. And then the back end of it swings around so it can slide forward again very slowly. <laughs> like, no, watch out. It's going to trip us up eventually. T-Man here yet? <laughs> like, they, they were all about the gimmicks. But eh, it was a good it was a good show. And, you know, they did do they actually did do the G.I. Joe PSA thing at the end of the uh, show. Like, he man be like, hey, kids, don't eat thumbtacks. <laughs> don't Today, eat we learned from Skeletor that eating thumbtacks isn't the thing to do. Tony, <laughs> yeah. like, as a, as a kid, were you disappointed with the live-action movie? You know what? I really wish I could say I was. As an adult, you know, yeah, it's not that great. But as a kid, it was kind of cool seeing, like, He-Man in, in, like, in live-action because we didn't have Transformers. We didn't have G.I. Joe in live-action. So for He-Man to actually be swinging his sword as a real person, even though he's Dolph Lundgren, it was pretty cool. I, I liked it. The only thing I didn't like was Gwildor. I was like, at, at that point, I was actually like, I miss Orko. I really do. <laughs> as a kid, I actually, I actually liked the movie, too. I remember yeah, that I, I and, uh, like that Garbage Pail Kids, like, Every other weekend. <laughs> like, that's my weekend right there, bitches. It's funny. There, there was an old editorial in John Byrne Next Men comic book where they asked him to, you know, tell them what, or I guess he wrote about, like, what his three favorite comic book movies were. And this is, like, back in, like, you know, 1989 when Batman had just come out. And, of course, you know, it's like, oh, fuck Batman, you know. 
the the Joker, you know, killed his parents and that's a poopy movie or whatever, right? Like, according to him, you know, and even though it made like tons of money or whatever and got tons of people reading comics. But anyway, the so he wrote his, you know, three movies and, you know, one was like Superman the movie and he talked about Chris Reeve at length and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, okay, so you're like, okay, that makes sense. And then the second movie he said was The Rocketeer where he's like, oh, you know, it brilliantly captures Dave Stevens' art and look and the era and blah, 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 blah. And you're like, okay, I, I guess I can see that. I, you know, as a kid, I didn't boring, really appreciate but good, yeah. yeah, I didn't appreciate The Rocketeer that much, but, you know, I was kind of like, okay, I can see where he's coming from. And then what was funny was the last one's like, The Masters of the Universe. And everybody's <laughs> like, what? Like, that's not a comic book. Like, what? Huh? What? You know? And he's like, okay, hold the phone. Let me explain it to you. And he, he made this really big thesis and dissertation where basically he pretty much said that the masters of the universe movie was like a live action new gods and so he kind of said oh you know like they use the the you know the key to like go to different you know universes and how they're basically using a boom tube to go to earth you know but instead it's the you know Gwildor's little you know musical key or whatever you know and so he kind of you know he just kind of made that equation you know to the new gods and stuff like that. And I, I you know, I, I don't know that I think like that. <laughs> John Burns like, I took a lot of acid and watched this, and this is how it seemed to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I could see the similarities that he was pointing out, but I, I always liked that that movie one way or the other. I mean, as a kid, you kind of like say, oh, cool, it's He-Man. You know, but as an adult, you know, I, I mean, to me, like, it's like, oh, I love Lubbock. You know, I love, uh, you know, I love... Langella as Skeletor, where he's like, you know, yes, you will! <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. Almost no. a Batman voice there. <laughs> hey, you know what other E-Man movie I loved as a kid? The Beastmaster. Ah. Uh, there you go. The, the first one, right? Of... Not the second one, not the one where he goes to Los Angeles and hangs out with Kari War, right? No, I, that, like, I've never like, seen that. So. I, I think there's like six Beastmaster movies by now, probably, right? The second one is... have ferrets? They do. I think, I think a lot of them do. They have the well, the I'm very sure one, I've only seen the first one. The second one, he actually goes at length to explain that, like, his two new ferrets are the kids of his ferret that died from the first <laughs> <laughs> He does, seriously. It's like, that's why I have two kids. This is not a continuity error. <laughs> you know? Damn, why is there quicksand in L.A.? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then and then if you think about it, Skeletor was the first in a long line of after credits awesomeness. You know, because if you actually stuck around till after the credits, you get to see Skeletor pop up and go, "I'll be back." You know? <laughs> well, and he yeah. pops up out of like Quartz Slime or whatever that was. And sadly, he never was. But oh well. Hey Tony, it's did okay. the scale yeah. of the toys ever bother you? Are you talking about like their proportions or? Well, yeah, like the only He-Man toy I actually had that I can remember was the battle damage He-Man. And I really yeah. liked the gimmick on his chest and stuff. But since he didn't fit in with like any other toy line that I had, like I rarely, rarely played with him. Are you talking about like, like in scale with like Star Wars and G.I. Joe and well, stuff? Well, yeah, like, Star Wars yeah. or like superheroes or even Transformers. It's like I, He-Man actually, was like the I, odd line out. What I, what I used to do actually is as far as like your human characters, like your He-Man, your Tila, your Man-at-Arms and stuff, kind of threw them to wayside if I was doing my grand epic battles on, like, you know, the living room floor. But Skeletor and Hordak and Whiplash and all those, like, monster characters, awesome giants for Luke Skywalker just to be all like, oh, well, Tony doesn't have enough money for a Rancor, so Whiplash <laughs> will do really well. So. So now I have this image in my head of Whiplash, like fighting Bespin fatigues Luke Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would always yeah. have, 
I would always have Skeletor be like a demon that the Ghostbusters had to like track down. There. Oh yeah, he actually was in Scale of Ghostbusters, so yeah. That's kind of weird. Like I, I, I mean, for me, like just to answer your question that you posed to Tony Brian, I had other toys that were in the same scale, like. You know, I, I, I not only had, you know, He-Man, but I had She-Ra and Black Star and I'm trying to think of some other ones, but I know there were... Supernatural, Sectors. You know, th- yeah, the Sectors, like, there were, there were other, like, toy lines that were kind of in that scale, but... And then the other thing, too, is I, I don't think I, I did a lot of, you know, mix and match. The, the most mix and match I can remember doing was, you know, since I had, like, Secret Wars figures, but they still happened to sell the Mego Hulk toy from like the you know late 70s or Wait, whatever about the short mego or like the regular size the, the you know like the regular you know kind of big sized mego but to me it, it worked because i was like oh hulk's huge compared to oh gotcha yeah. spider-man you know so i would use that hulk you know and then and then i don't the, the, the reason why i bring that up is the only other merge i can think of was sometimes i would use the gobot command center as like <laughs> the marvel secret war hero guys like home base or whatever you know, like sometimes I would use like bases. Yeah. You know, but I but I wouldn't like I, I don't ever remember going like, Oh yeah, Optimus and He Man go out on the town. <laughs> you know, I don't remember well, I, doing my toys, you know. I don't I don't know about you guys, but like pretty much my quick fix for everything, no matter scale or not, if I didn't have anything that actually fit with the scale of my figures, oh yeah, it's time to break out the bucket of Legos, we'll make a base. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I did a lot of that. Yep. I remember Legos using the, like G.I. Joe Defiant with a lot of my superheroes. And for the longest time, the only Spider-Man I had was the one with, like, the suction cups on his hands. And, oh, like, yeah. His only points of articulation were at his shoulders. His arms would move, like, up and down. And then at his hips, his legs would move, like, back and forth. And I was, like, really disappointed with that articulation. So my Spider-Man stand-in always ended up being, like, the alley viper from G.I. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> nice. By the way, in case the fan holes listeners are not well known for this little trivia fact, Brian incredibly loves the Alley Viper design from GI Joe. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised you picked up on that, Tony. I, I've noticed like, it. You were you were you're all ready for like a 25th anniversary version of him. Yeah, I stoked. Even well, actually, before that came out, Alley Viper sat in with my 25th anniversary line as the only Joe like that looked cool enough to fit in yeah i just i just remember him from the the deke cartoon where he was like scoop's buddy because he was a they were both crimson guardsmen and then it's like hey alley viper what's going on he's like, hey, scoop. he's like scoop i got promoted I, I, i'm now an alley viper and i went to myself dude wait an alley viper is a promotion just because it's a new toy like i don't get it i thought a crimson guardsman was like pretty like pretty well up there you know but. <laughs> right it's like scoop i've been promoted to sludge viper really <laughs> yeah <laughs> sorry that sucks <laughs> what'd you do wrong and, and there actually was a sludge viper if i'm not mistaken right oh yeah i'm pretty sure wasn't that from, like the eco guys or whatever yeah, yeah, the eco warriors. Yeah. Oh man. Okay, we gotta we gotta move on, guys. I just realized we've been talking about this for like oh for a minute. But seriously, if any of you guys listening right now have not had any chance to watch these '80s cartoons, as far as I know, most of them are readily available either on YouTube if you want to take the cheap route, or on DVD. Look them up. I mean, they're nostalgic. If you're an older listener, you may not get the same vibe if you never watched them as a kid, but. For example, like Real Ghostbusters, is still a solid show. It, like Justin said, it's kind of scary sometimes even for a cartoon. So, 
definitely check them out. I actually really do want to jump into the roundtable this week. Pretty much, we're going to kind of go into 80 shame. There's going to be some stuff that we're not always happy we liked, but yeah, we still like it. I like your style. Think you can keep up with us? Depends on whether or not you can keep up with me. So basically, roundtable is 80 shows or cartoons or toys that we just shouldn't like, but we, gosh darn it, we do. So anybody want to like just go ahead and just start off with something that they're not proud of? Jump right in. I'll I'll start because I know we've been talking about toys and stuff, and this is going to be a toy line or whatever. But I, I just wanted to say that my, you know, my 80 shame or whatever, this is this is the best I could come up with. Because there's plenty of stuff I like that I'm really not ashamed about. Like, I like I like Jim. And I'm like, I don't give a shit if anybody, you know, I, Jim is cool. I'm not really ashamed of liking Jim. But one of the things that, that I thought would be kind of funny for this topic is I actually did own a fairly large collection of, of She-Ra toys and stuff <laughs> so like i had you know i had she-ra and like catra and Bo, and i bought cal you know anybody that was on the tv show i tried to get because i was like oh this is he-man's sister like i should you know I, i'm not going to deprive he-man of his sister you know and so <laughs> it was funny like we went out and we bought like the crystal castle and like i had a hard time finding Brightwind, so i had to get like this really girly looking version of it where it was like it was translucent and like it was all pink and stuff. Like it was a, diff it was kind of like you know, like how they have variant versions of you know, I guess Bumblebee or whatever. It was like they had a couple different versions of of Shira's you know Pegacorn or whatever it is you know. And so so I had all this stuff, but then you know, sort of the shame factor to it was I, I thought was funny was I, I remember being like really bored and stuff as a little kid, and you know Brian's talking about you know his first sexual kind of you know, thoughts or dreams or whatever, like that kind of thing. And so I remember sitting there, you know, I'm just kind of like, hey, Bo, Bo really got around uh, the Crystal Castle, if you get my meaning. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's kind of like, Bo's like, hey, what's going on, Catra? Hey, what's going on, Shira? You know? <laughs> Cal's like, oh, my God. <laughs> so that's, that's pretty much my, uh, you know, my 80s shame is that, you know, even though, you know, most people are like, Bo, Bo must have been really kind of, you know, fruity looking. But Bo certainly, certainly got around the Crystal Castle when, when he was... You know, part of my collection. So, ta-da! <laughs> Do you still have your Shira toys? No, no. Most most stuff now, I've pretty much almost sold off everything now. Like the the only stuff I have left are some like crappy "Damn You, George Lucas." Um, you know, recent like kind of loose Star Wars toys and stuff. I think, and there's there's a couple other things here and there that I'll still keep. Like I think I I, I still have like a superpowers Batman and Robin with the Batmobile and stuff like that. So I'll probably hang on to that, but I'm, I'm trying to like pare it down as much as I can. Like if you still um, had them, would it, would they be something you'd be ashamed to like show people? No, not, not the toys. Like I thought the shame factor was the fact that, you know, I was a little kid <laughs> and Bo, Bo was getting frisky, you know, with, with everybody <laughs> in the castle, you know, like, so that was kind of my, you know, it was, it was eighties associated and that I figured was kind of, you know, semi embarrassing or whatever. You, you, know? you do know that there's a new Bo toy coming out for Maddie collector, right? I think I saw some pictures of that on, on a thread or whatever. They have like a couple different heads, like one where he has the mustache and one where he doesn't. Is that, am I thinking of the right one? Uh, I, I thought it was the one with the porn stash and one with like, uh, with no mustache. <laughs> Ah, yes, the porn stash. So that's, that's what the shame is, because I, I, he didn't, that, that original toy didn't have a mustache at all, so it's like you felt compelled to, like, 
you know, draw one on or something, you know? Like, like, like you hey, will we're, be more oh. manly. <laughs> was Bo, Bo was the dude with the heart on his chest, wasn't he? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And he, yeah, he, he had arrows. Like his so, bow turned yeah. into like a loot, right? Huh? In the cartoon, didn't his like bow turn into like a loot or a harp or something? No, uh, I don't know. I don't remember if it did. I watched the cartoon, I know. <laughs> no, 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 I, I watched the cartoon. It's just, I, I honestly don't remember. No, when I say I know, I don't mean like, oh, I know what I'm talking about. I mean like, yeah, I know, that's pretty sad. <laughs> no, I was just saying I don't think it's sad because I own all the Shira DVDs. So. Oh, okay. I mean, Do you remember like the, I think it was the Christmas episode you were talking about earlier, like the Transformatrons or whatever? Oh, yeah, like like how they were trying to like make fun of Transformers because the, the Horde Prime sent those transforming robots and stuff and he-man kicks their asses yeah, yeah that's funny yeah they're like these tall gray nondescript robots kind of like michael bay stuff and they're like they're all like jealous they're like damn you transformers for stealing he-man's sales <laughs> you know and he knocks like five of them down in a row yeah, yeah and they turn into like nothing they turn into like all skis or sleds or something like that <laughs> yeah it was pretty bad i guess i'll go ahead and go into my 80s shame because uh it's it's not so much a shame now is just when I was a kid, I can't understand how I wanted this toy so bad when I was younger. Because now it's a horrible toy. For some reason, I really wanted robotic sets when I was a kid. Anybody even know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I had one robotic set. I remember the I liked watching the TV show and stuff. I think they were kind of, uh, if I'm remembering right, they... I think they were kind of expensive because they they were like motorized and stuff. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, they would. They, they would I only really I was walk, only yeah. able to get like one set. I think he was like, you know what? I'm not that familiar with robotics, but if I remember right, I think he was like the Ironhide of the good guy robotics crew, and <laughs> uh, I had him. And 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 I guess you know maybe I'm lying about not merging too many toys because I do recall kind of taking you know I, I guess to me it was more like you consider Legos. Like, I, I even consider that a merging of toys where I think I probably had, you know, superheroes or G.I. Joes or anybody, like, use the robotics pieces, you know, and kind of, instead of building the actual robot, you know, I would just kind of, you know, use the head as, like, a spaceship or, yeah. you know, kind of put together the pieces as some kind of, you know, base type thing or whatever. Yeah, and I, I had to blow our listeners' minds here for a minute. If you're born after the 80s or you're just not very like familiar with the 80s toys 80s toys were a different species than like current toys pretty much every 80s toy line that was like triggered toward boys had guns <laughs> they all had guns and robotics was like build and create your robot master they can walk they can move and they have guns and <laughs> and that was like my thing it was like i like the fact you could build these things and unlike legos which really didn't have guns and the guns they had were just like make this part into a gun there's actually, like, double lasers and stuff, and they actually did fit with G.I. Joe a little bit. And I really wanted them, but that was my problem. They were really expensive, and the cartoon was okay, but as I got older and older and older, I was like, I don't, it, was, it was kind of a weird self-realization. I was like, they wanted me to just build stuff. That's all it was. They just wanted me to make stuff and not even have, like, a pre-assembled toy. I just felt kind of gypped in a way. Because <laughs> when I made, like, a G.I. Joe toy, it was, like, assembly required, and I had a tank. I knew it was a tank. If I built something robotics, I'd have a robot that looked kind of like a robot, but have like five legs and walk like it was, I don't know, kind of semi-retarded. <laughs> well, but it, I mean, maybe maybe He-Man's an exception to this, but 
a lot of the G.I. Joe vehicles did not come pre-assembled. I mean... Well, that's what I'm saying. When you assembled them, you, you had it, though. You had, like, you know, a tank. You know what you had. Okay. You know? It seemed, like, disappointing that the robot didn't look that cool. I'm just remembering some, like, I don't know if it was part of robotics or not. Did they have any dinosaur like robotic toys. They they all kind of look like dinosaurs to me in a way, or like apes. Or... So that's what I was yeah. going to ask too, because I remember like there being like a T Rex one you could build or something, and I, I always yeah. wanted that one, but I never got it. Yeah, I need they to had... Google that because I have some like memories of like a dinosaur looking bot, and I know you had to put it together because I could always find his head and like random like girders or whatever they wore random parts to him, but well, for uh... some reason I never had the whole set at once, so I never knew really what toy line it even came from. Or... Sadly, I actually have, like, way too much knowledge of 80s toy lines. I know, like, the main characters on the good guy side, the leader was called Argus. He had kind of, like, a weird T-Rex kind of head. I think the one you're talking about, Derek, is Brunt or Bront. Okay. They have, like, four legs, and they kind of, like, flipped over each other to walk. Yeah, yeah, I just... I just put a link down in the chat box but i'm pretty sure that's who it is yeah and like i mean it wasn't a bad show at all the only thing that really suffered from it was really short because it was part of like the marvel action hour or something like that it was like 15 minutes long but it's kind of a guilty pleasure because it was it was it was a toy line nobody really seemed to have and to me i was like i have to get these toys (laughs) and then i go to like kb toys yes kb toys and they would be like 60 bucks and i'm like no kid yeah, I, I remember. I bet that's why I was saying I only had one because I remember it was probably a Christmas gift and it was really expensive. You know, like my cousin had a bunch of them, but he never let me play with them, so I, I kind of grew to hate <laughs> robotics. He's <laughs> like, "Can I play with your robotics?" Like, "No, get away from it." <laughs> Pretty much. Here, you play with the sectors. <laughs> oh, uh, what about you, Justin? You said you like brought up the robotics, like hatred from your cousin. What, what was your favorite eighty shame? Well, it's not something I'm, like I feel shame towards now, but like I, I have felt shame about liking something. It's the eighties Flash Gordon movie. I don't know if you guys remember it very well or not, but it was one of those movies that like I seem to like revisit every ten years. Like I don't watch it a lot. Like when I first watched it as a kid, I was like, "Oh, this is really cool." And I think that's where my love of the DC character Hawkman comes from because I always thought the Hawkman <laughs> and Flash Gordon were really cool. So as a kid, I really liked it. And then like you know when I'm like junior high or something, I watched it again. And I was like, "Oh, this is really campy and dumb. I don't like this." So, so, so you go stand on your bed late at night with like a makeshift club in your hand, going, "Dive." <laughs> No. Dude, it's like he's like boss Nass as his hero as long as he's got wings, you know. Wusin Wusin die Flash I bonk you on the head. <laughs> um but when I when I felt shame about it, like I watched it uh I don't know, it's been maybe eight or nine years ago. Like, it came on TV, and I was with this girl, and I was like, oh, Flash Gordon, I haven't seen this in a long time. You know, she was she grew up in the 80s, too, she, so she had, you know, kind of scant memories about it. So we sat down and watched it, and you know, we were like five minutes into it, and she was like, are you are you sure this is a good movie? I was like, yeah, 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 this is good. Just, just keep watching it. And, like, so I was really into the movie and kind of watching it. She was just kind of like, uh, rolling her eyes at all the, you know, the you know kind of cheesy special effects, and it's so campy and over the top and everything. Yeah, we'll go to Bed Bath. Actually, you know what's funny? I, I bought that on Blu-ray, and I actually like. I mean, I don't know. Like, I know some people are like, "Oh, you know, it's got you know older effects," but to me, I'm kind of like, I like seeing all the models and the ships oh, yeah. and the 
the cities and the pink clouds and the, you know, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but maybe it's, you know, the era I grew up in. But to me, that looks tons better than, you know, all the kind of, you know, green screen CGI stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, Justin, Derek, Mike, Brian, I think we can all agree, even as campy as it was, the 80s flash is like 20,000 times better than that sci-fi abortion. <laughs> yes. I mean, really? Well, because those guys, those guys didn't even have wings. Right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> They're like hawk guys with little capes or whatever, you know? It was also one of those movies that like, I seemed to like discover something new about it. Each time I watched it, you know, as a kid, I was like, ooh, sci-fi and, you know, Hawkman and all this stuff. And then like, even though as like in junior high, I didn't care for it and thought it was really campy. Like, I thought there were a lot of, like, really fine-looking women in it, so I was just like, no, oh, I'll keep watching this. <laughs> I was like, ooh. You know, it's it's actually written by the same guy who worked on the 60s Batman television series as well. Uh, I didn't so, know that. So it, it's got the same sense of, you know, that, that, it, that same frame of thinking where, you know, at the time, you know, whether it was the 60s or 1980s, you know, they didn't really take comic books or, or comic strips or what have you, you know, as seriously, you know, th- th- that was never going to be an option. You know, the only way that this guy, you know, could wrap his head around the thing was to camp it up. He said, oh, this makes total sense if I camp it up, you know? And so, I mean, I, I, I think that's the only way, you know, uh, for him that it worked, you know? And so he, you know, I thought he wrote a good script in the confines of making it work for him, yeah. you know, and probably, Anybody who had to, you know, produce and approve it and stuff. I mean, I give it credit, though. I mean, what, you know, you were saying and Justin, I mean, despite being kind of cheesy and working with effects they had, it wasn't a limited budget. It had a big budget for the time. But, yeah. I mean, it really- well, yeah, it was, it was a Dino De Laurentiis movie. I mean, you know, that guy did Dune and all kinds of stuff. I mean, it wasn't a cheap movie by any stretch of the imagination. Like, it was, it was a big budget type. You know. I thought it looked good. I mean, I thought the special effects, while, yeah, of course, they're not uh, part to right now. For the time, they weren't bad at all. I mean, it, the the Hawkman, yeah. they looked like they were really fi- flying, you know, especially for back then. Yeah. You know? Like, I, I sat down and watched it like four or five months ago, and I enjoyed it then. Like, I, I appreciate it a lot now. And, you know, older than I am now, like, I'm really into Queen, so I really love the Queen soundtrack and all the music they've done yeah. for it. Oh, yeah. But when I, when I sat down that, you know, eight or nine years ago with that girl and we were watching it, that, that was almost like, kind of the nail in the coffin there because she was just like oh you like this so i don't i don't really know about you <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Like, After get we out that, watch flash. <laughs> <laughs> well it's like if somebody turns to you and goes this is in black and white you know and then you just go all right out yeah. <laughs> well, why do you make me hit you <laughs> well well Der- derek is like a little bit biased because the original flash gordon was buster crab right yep yeah, he was. That's what's funny is a lot of people don't I, – I used to say that sometimes where, you know, I'd be like, oh, my last name's spelt like Buster Crab, and most people don't know who the hell Buster Crab is sometimes. But, yeah, it's, it's the name is spelt exactly the same. Yeah, so. I know that one time. I was like, hey. I know they're obviously probably not related, but I was like, hey, he's like Flash Gordon's third grandson or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Um, <laughs> you have James Bond Jr. Now meet Flash Gordon Jr. <laughs> it's like that that that, that crappy uh, TV show from the 90s where he's like on the little skateboard surfboard or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you James ever seen yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, 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 oh, not, not James Flash Bond. Gordon. I hated that. Was like, Those toys were everywhere. Like they were decent toys, but I didn't care for the animated series at all. Yeah, the, the show's like it, it was like it was the same solution where it's like, oh, Ming is is decidedly you know 
it was supposed to represent, you know, Chinese, you know, you know. I hate a flash of Gordon. <laughs> Well, yeah, he's supposed to be like, you know, uh, what do you call it, like a Fu Manchu type villain, you know? And then it got to the point where, you know, of course, the 90s, everything was PC. So you got guys like the Mandarin, and they, they used the same solution with, with Ming. They turned him into green-skinned <laughs> aliens, you know? So then it was like, oh, it's cool, as long as he's a green-skinned alien, you know? Then we're not going to piss anybody off, because I guess, you know, no green-skinned uh, people live on the planet Earth, so they can't. You know, write angry letters in about how they were portrayed incorrectly. Actually, I am uh, green skin to find this racially offensive. <laughs> to bring it, <laughs> me Hulk, uh, really upset. <laughs> All green skin people, no evil like Ming. Actually, to bring it back to the '80s topic, just because you brought it up with uh, the Ming thing and everything, if you guys want to see any listeners, you want to see a good '80s version of the Flash, not the movie. The movie was good. I'm re- referencing the uh, Playmates horrible 90s version check out defenders of the earth i always love that cartoon yeah i did too you know what else is you know what else is actually great but it's not it's not actually on dvd or anything so it might be hard to track a copy down but the it's i think it was actually released in 82 but it was made in the 79 is the the filmation movie flash gordon hmm. it's like it basically they used a lot of the same you know recycled you know it's filmation they used a lot of the same animation for that for the Filmation Flash show, which is really, really long and kind of gets tedious after a while, you know. But the, the, the movie is very, very faithful to the, the original comic strip and is, is a really actually a good movie. Was, was, you know, they even have, like, they have, like, Nazis and all that kind of stuff, <laughs> you know. I haven't seen it since I was a kid, but I remember it being really good. Was it called, like, Flash Gordon's Greatest Adventure or something? Yeah, something oh, like oh. that, like. Yeah, so that that one is really good, actually. Not aware of that at all. I have to look and, it up. It, it is kind of '80s related, you know. I, I think it was released in '82. Uh, Brian, we didn't actually hit on you in a few minutes, as far as knowledge. What's your secret, you know, '80s shame? Yeah, I'm not sure if it's a case of like Arrested Development or what, but pretty much anything I liked as a kid, I still like now. So it's kind of hard for me to think of like something in specific as ashamed of because. I mean, if someone knows me, they know, you know, I like all, all this stuff, so I'm not really ashamed of any of it. But I actually did manage to track down a topic I don't freely admit to people, and that is that I actually did enjoy New Kids on the Block <laughs> when they were out. <laughs> my, my favorite song is Cover Girl, which is off their second <laughs> album. And even when I was in a band in high school, you know, we, we would play like Foo Fighter covers or Weezer covers. Like I tried to convince them that Cover Girl would be a song that would you know, really go over well if we tried to cover it. But uh, you didn't. You didn't try to. You didn't try to have them go like, oh, we, oh, we, oh, hanging. <laughs> no, I skipped hanging tough. But yeah, even with cover girl, no one wanted to. So Brian's like, shut down. the band broke up the next day <laughs> <laughs> and reformed. Actually, you know, you know what's funny is I think I think it, 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 to me it seemed like the typical pattern with all guys and new kids on the block was like. They'd hear the song, or I, I remember me, I saw, like, a music video and went, oh, yeah, these guys are cool, like, I guess, like, that that's not a horrible song. And then, like, maybe two days later, they saw all these girls fawning all over them, and they just kind of realized, like, oh, wait a minute, like, not only should I be jealous of these guys, because all the girls I want actually want to go out with them instead, but also this is like a total girl band and it's like, I'm going to be totally ostracized if I ever admit that I watched or listened to that one song and actually kind of sort of liked it. So like, I could see where there's like a stigma about, you know, it's like, you don't want to admit like, you're like, Oh wait, 
I, I didn't like that song. Yeah, you, you I, didn't want yeah, to be yeah. the boy wearing new kids on the block buttons like to middle school or anything. <laughs> <laughs> I am hanging tough. No, you're not. <laughs> but. So, so did you did you watch the new kids cartoon all the time? No, that, I didn't actually know no. there's a cartoon. <laughs> I was just into the, what about, the music. You know what I thought was awesome was, you know, there's actually a Richie Rich, New Kids on the Block team-up comic book where, like, they meet each other <laughs> and stuff. I guess, I guess Harvey Comics, like, published New Kids comics at the time. And so it's, like, a really funny comic where, like, you know, Richie Rich is like, dude, yeah, I'm inviting the New Kids, like, to my party and everything because I guess he's, you know, made of money so he can afford they, them. And, like, that makes fun sure get... versus Archie seems sane. <laughs> <laughs> Did they did they adapt the new kids to like Richie Rich's like you know it's like style like or, or they, did they, like I think, they just I think... they come in and see Richie Rich and were like oh my god what are you <laughs> no why is your head now I, mean, no, I, I think the the Harvey comics were done in the style of like that that animated show almost so they already kind of wow. had their own sort of idiosyncratic animated look to them you know it wasn't like it wasn't like you know it was like donnie Wahlberg in the middle of the sixth sense about to shoot himself in the head and then all of a sudden richard just like hey stop <laughs> you know it was like it wasn't like that drastic you know kind of like it was like you know they all kind of look sort of cartoony well, what was i you rona know? the uh, robot maid in there um she must have been but i don't rem- well i don't know that was always my favorite character in the cartoon oh richie <laughs> i don't remember but yeah. yeah, yeah, random '80s love for random stuff. Sorry. No, but you know what, Brian? I got it. I mean, I'm a little bit different than Derek, but not so much. I never actually hated the new kids' music, but I did fall into the whole like cliche of I'm a guy. All my guy friends hate them. They want to kick their ass. Rawr, we hate new kids. So I'm like, yeah, fuck those guys. <laughs> you know? Right. So yeah, I, I'm not gonna lie. I I wanted to fit in. So, but yeah, the music really wasn't bad. It was just pop music. Yep. You know, nothing wrong with that. Not not something to be too, totally ashamed of. Hey, like, wh- which one, Donnie or Mark? Which one is, like, kind of huge in Hollywood now? I think it's Joey. Joey McIntyre. No, no, the Wahlbergs. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, okay, I got you. Wahlbergs, Marky like Mark. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah this is Marky Mark's not a new kid, though. No, he's just the, what do you call? He's, yeah, it's he's Donnie the, Wahlberg that was a new kid. Donnie, he's, yeah, Donnie Wahlberg was the... New kid, but he's he's got his own. He's on TV series now and does a bunch of movies. So. Yeah, about say he's got a small career. I mean, nothing huge, but considering he was in a '80s boy band, I mean, hell, what are the guys from '98, '93 doing? Well, he's well taken care of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about you, Mike? What's your secret hidden '80s shame? I got one really embarrassing one, and then maybe one not so embarrassing one. But the really embarrassing one is when I was a kid. I was like, as probably most young boys are, into dinosaurs a lot. Just I was totally, you know, gonzo over dinosaurs, and I love dinosaurs. And I used to watch, do you guys remember the cartoon Denver, The Last Dinosaur? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I used to watch that, and, like, I always used to wonder why Denver looked like a friggin' cartoon and all the other dinosaurs were, like, more realistic looking. (laughs) But beyond that, I used to love the friggin' theme song, and I used to, like, sing to the theme song, you know, Denver, The Last Dinosaur. (laughs) And I always, like, nowadays I'm like, one of the lyrics is, he's my friend and a whole lot more. And I was like, nowadays, I'm like, what does that even mean? <laughs> that seems a little, Yo, that that's seems a little deviant about, or something. Yeah, that seems a little deviant, maybe. I don't know. 
Denver, Denver. <laughs> Denver, okay. the bad touch dinosaur. <laughs> Denver. It's like they do this Sonic PSA. If Denver comes and touches you, <laughs> you no good. <laughs> I used to actually get that show confused with dinosaurs. I know that's hard to believe, but. I have no idea what dinosaurs is. You know about how dinosaurs was all hardcore and serious. It was like it might as well be Mark Miller's Ultimate. <laughs> yeah, dinosaurs was basically it's like the watchman of Saturday morning cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> dinosaurs was just dinosaurs who were from another planet in armor fighting each other. Actually, that sounds kind of badass. I know in the <laughs> the nineties they had extreme dinosaurs. Was that related in any way, or I don't think so. I, I have no Extreme idea. Dinosaurs was just like a Ninja Turtles ripoff or a Street Sharks ripoff almost, I guess. Well, oh, well, Street, Street Sharks was a Ninja Turtles ripoff, and then Extreme Dinosaurs was a ripoff of Street Sharks, pretty much. What about Adolescent Radioactive Black Belt Hamster? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Street Sharks was Jossum. <laughs> Jossum! One of them had rollerblades. How can he that not be Jossum? Come on. <laughs> Okay, and, and and what's your yeah? What's your not so horrible, uh, ashamed '80s thing? I used to love Captain N, the Game Master. Oh yes, yeah. yeah. Like even though That's that show bad, was yeah. that show was like a whole shill for Nintendo, basically. I just thought it was a cool show. And you know, like Derek, you always say like you like team up episodes. I always like the episodes where he teams up with Link and Zelda, and like yeah, what's he? It was like him and Mega Man and Simon Belmont and right. Kid Icarus, and then they like introduced Game Boy later on, who was like basically like the Orko of the show. And I don't know, but all I remember was I liked that show. And then they had a comic book adaptation, which as <sighs> is usually I did. I don't know if any of you have ever read the comic adaptation. What, was it? Yeah, I think it was made by it was made by Valiant. I was say, that was yeah. Valiant's early days when they were like, yeah, that, Nintendo. I was going to say, as yeah. as per usual, though, the comic adaptation was like more serious and dark than the cartoon. And like they took out, they didn't have Mega Man or Belmont in it, and instead they had Samus in it. Uh, and like, <laughs> yeah, there was a whole like love triangle between him, like the princess and Samus. Like Samus that was like this weird. big. Yeah, the Samus was like this like big like Amazon woman who was like, I'll take you back to my nest and mate with you and stuff. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and like, you know Snoo Snoo. Yeah, and the, the princess was all like <laughs> But um I just Wasn't remember... it also in the comics where the, the Game Boy sidekick changed his name to Speedy and did drugs? <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> yes exactly. I kept it, but then I can't believe I'm partners with a druggie. <laughs> You're shooting up? Actually later later that, on that was uh, that was Prometheus. that was Kid Icarus, I think, because he had <laughs> yeah. I was like later on Prometheus like ripped off his B button. <laughs> 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 you, you know my I mean even though I love Captain I I have to bring up one thing that always bugged me even as a kid about that cartoon I always hated Mega Man because he's this cute little midget and like I played the games and it's like oh it's adorable it's like you know Japanimation in my eyes back then and then on the Captain N Game Master he's like you know Hey, Mega Man, we're gonna go save the prison. Mega, hi, how you doing? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. He was, he was basically, yeah, uh, and he was green. He didn't look anything like Mega Man, but yeah, he's like right. a drunk midget for the show or something. 
No, all all I remember from the comic was I had one issue that was really that was actually pretty cool where like the princess got kidnapped and I guess like Mother Brain, who was the bad guy of that show, who was like, you know, met the Metroid main villain. She like oh, Mother Brain's gonna get you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She kidnapped the princess and like stuck her in some like alternate dimension and she was like, you know, you'll never see her again and what whatever, Captain N he, he like he was like all like angsty and broody and you know samus was like oh come on we're gonna go like avenge the princess and stuff and captain n's like okay let's go avenge the princess so they like storm mother brains like citadel they like slaughter <laughs> all of mother mother brains like minions and stuff and like captain n jumps on mother brains like big jar and starts beating it mercilessly with like the princess's <laughs> scepter until it starts to crack and leak and mother brains like oh my god stop you're gonna kill me this is just a freaking kids comic you know yeah. <laughs> the, the, the princess is fine. Here you go, and like they like give her back the print. They give them back the princess and stuff. But it, it was like really dark. It was just, King you know, like, in the corner with his pants down, going, "I feel uncomfortable." This is like the whole, <laughs> like he. he <laughs> King, I remember the King Hippo and what's his face, uh, the other guy. They were like Eggplant the bebop and, yeah, they were like the bebop and rock steady of that show, basically. <laughs> right. Yeah, but, yeah, but all I remember and all I remember of the cartoon really is like they had those episodes where they teamed up with like Link and Zelda, and then there was like another love triangle between like Link, Zelda, and Captain N and stuff. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm honestly, I can't say I I fault you for that being a shameful thing. I love Captain N. I mean, I really I, liked all the Nintendo like related yeah. shows and cartoons. Like, like Zelda was badass. Mario! Yeah. Lou uh, what's the face? Uh, Captain uh, Lou uh, Albino. Captain yeah. Lou Albino, yeah. yeah hey, what? kids, it's time to go. We got to do the Mario. Right. <laughs> Wink, side to side. But when you were a kid, you played video games and stuff, and you never really expected that to branch out in a cartoon. So to see Mario and... Even Eggplant Wizard and friggin' Mother Brain on, like, the TV screen, you're like, that's cool, you know? These are, like, yeah. video games, you know? They don't have any character in the video games, really, except for, like, the main <laughs> character, so... Yeah, I'm I'm cool. frank I, I'm frankly amazed that that they sold any Game Boys at all off that show. <laughs> Game Boy was a freaking annoying piece of crap that just flew around and made funny faces on his screen. Like, what's Game Boy doing? He's playing Tetris again, fucker. Like, <laughs> Then again, game, I'd say Game Boy was, if I can remember correctly, Game Boy was probably superior to, like, Orko and Snarf and everything, you know. I think Game Boy, Orko, Snarf, and Wheelie should all, like, form a team or something. Uh, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Is, if Game Boy is superior to Snarf, then, like, Snarfer must be, like, the... Oh, know. I forgot Snarfer. Oh. Because Snarfer, Snarfer is even right. worse than Snarf. It's like, hey, Snarfer! <laughs> it's like, Snarf is like... Oh, I'm Snarf, you know, but like Snarfer's like, oh no, I'm Snarfer. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, it was know, go it was Snarf. Snarf looks at him like, what the fuck are you? <laughs> Actually, I was gonna say, Snarfer's in trouble. By the way, if you're gonna throw all those guys together, Mike, I do have to make a request. You gotta throw T Bob in there for mask. Yes, T Bob as well. Yep, T Bob. <laughs> <laughs> The un the we get, un we get a shipwrecks parrot too. Like, <laughs> 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 
when, oh, it, what would this team be called? Like the Unwanted Child <laughs> Association uh, of Unwanted... I don't know. Unwanted comedic sidekicks yeah. of, uh, of television? I, I just really question the mass producers for saying, you know what's really great? A fat robot who people just hate. <laughs> Well, but you know what's funny is I I went I went out of my way to buy T Bob for the the mask. You know he came with the was it his Scott, name Scott 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 Tucker, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, dude, and that wasn't easy to find either. Like that was a pain in my ass to find, but I went out of my way to get you it. Get a bit like, though, not cartoon accurate because T Bob have like three wheels for legs. Yes, he did have three wheels for legs because because he had to turn into the little bike or whatever yeah but in like the cartoon it just came right out of his crotch which was also kind of suggestive but oh we, we didn't have the same advanced toy making r2d2 <laughs> third leg popping out of his chest <laughs> I know, I know. that we have today <laughs> even r2d2 did not have a third leg you had to like insert it like from the the jawa like droid playset or something <laughs> to even get the third leg Derek, i bought that piece of crap i'm still pissed off about it <laughs> Oh gosh, the shame is riding high on this uh, round table, but we do have to move on. No, you'll die here. I'll die there without you. Please come, live with me. Let me show you my world. Ariel, I love you, but this is my time, my place. I'm, I'm needed here. <laughs> Believe it or not, we're actually doing a podcast. We're not actually not just <laughs> randomly talking. We're going to go to our favorite short-lived 80s toy line. Again, yeah, 80s. Great stuff, but there were some toy lines that just really didn't get their time in the sun. Some were canceled before their time, went away to be forgotten until now. And I'm going to go, let's just go to Justin. What's your favorite 80s toy line that just got nixed, but you love the hell out of it and you wish it was still around? Mine is the Supernaturals. Like, I only had a few of these toys as a kid. I thought they were all really neat to just, like, just the fact that they were pretty much, you know, like a hologram. Like, I always thought that was really neat as a kid. I loved hologram stuff. I only had a few that I got as a kid. Like, whenever I would go to the store and, you know, I'd take my allowance or whatever, and if it was, if it came down to, you know, a Supernatural, a Transformer, or a new Ghostbusters toy, like, sadly, Supernaturals would always come in last <laughs> because I'd be like, ooh, I can always get, you know, Warpath or, you know, whatever. But it's one of those toy lines that I felt should have lasted longer. And it's yeah. one of those toys that, Adult, anytime I'm like at a flea market or an antique store or whatever, and I happen to find one fairly cheap, like I always buy them. So I still like really appreciate them a lot as an adult. And I, as a kid, I thought they were a lot better and cooler than visionaries, which a lot of people seem to like. Like I never really cared for visionaries as a kid, and I still don't now. How, how the holograms hold up after all this time if you buy stuff now? Like mm, some of them are kind of faded, but for the most part, they seem to be you know you know fairly well preserved. Like I okay. bought one a while back that looked like really good and i've still got it but then sometimes you'll find one it's like you know did this kid leave it out in the sun for 12 years or something because it's like it's like <laughs> a blank <laughs> he turns it to nothing <laughs> i was going to ask you actually i remember the supernatural toy line they actually had two size classes kind of like transformers current day they had like ghostlings which are pretty much kind of stubby little cloaked figures with two arms and they had i guess you would call them deluxe supernaturals they actually were full scale action figures with legs and arms and all that did you kind of feel cheated if you got like a ghost sling <laughs> yeah yeah i always feel cheated a lot when i got something like that i always go <laughs> for like the bigger ones yeah the big ones were pretty cool they were hard to find actually i if i remember because like kb again i don't know if you guys know what i'm talking about uh listeners but back in the 80s 
early 90s, KB Toy Stores actually was a good place to find toys. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Toys R Us kind of took over, but KB Toys had, a, like, a more varied lot of toys you wouldn't find everywhere else. Like, I found a lot of Robotech toys there and stuff. Right. Yeah, it was it was actually a good toy store. They totally dwindled and kind of fell off the face of the earth at, in the mid-90s, but that's why I keep bringing them up. Like, as far as 80s toys, KB Toys was totally awesome. Supernaturals. I had to give a thumbs up. They're pretty cool. They had glow in the dark weapons too, right? Yeah, that's another gimmick they kind of had. Yeah, I thought that was always kind of cool. It was like well thought out. If they had a cartoon, they probably would have lasted a lot longer. I don't think the toy line lasted, but like maybe like a year and a half or two years or something. It was very short lived. Again, one of those lines that like had a lot of promise just didn't get the right backing. Just I don't even know who made. Who do you know who made them? Was it Tonka or I want to say Kenner, but I don't. I don't know if that's right. I didn't do any research when I. Was preparing for the show. Kenner's responsible for a lot of failed toy lines, so yeah, I'd yeah. say that's a safe guess at least. Like going back to KB Toys, like before my local store went out, you know, when KB finally went under, like my store was really weird. I don't know if you guys had this thing, but for years I could keep going back to the store, and it was like it was like they would find like a new old stock all the time. Like sometimes I'd go in and you know I'd find like a Machine Wars, you know, Soundwave or something, and mixed in with like Beast, Beast Machine stuff. Right. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And every now and then I would get lucky, and I'd find, like, a few older Joes, and I'd find, like, one or two, like, mint Supernatural. Oh, dude, like, in the, like, late 90s, even after the show had been out of syndication, I think Derek was talking about Excess Squad, either that or him or Mike. And I found, Mike. yeah, Mike, I found, Ex- I found Exo Squad toys in, like, 1999. Yeah, <laughs> and like some, some really good ones too. I was like, wow, and I just could not believe. But like, why? Why did this place go out of like go out of business? They had like all these great old toys from like four years ago that they bring out on the friggin' pegs for like us geeky collectors to like totally get into. Have uh, you yeah. guys heard of like Pomida? I'm um, sorry, what a store called Pomida? No, I have not. No. Oh, it, it's more like like a crappier version of Kmart. But there's only like one or two of them that I even know of in existence anymore. But they kind of had that same deal going on like like maybe six years ago or so. I found one, and they had like Beast Wars toys still, and I was like, holy <laughs> crap. Wow. So, yeah, you talk about KB just reminded me of that. Yeah. That kind of reminded me of like how like there, I remember there were always certain toys that seemed to somehow like – I don't know if because they were peg warmers or and they just kept them on the pegs forever or whatever. But it's like that's why I remember getting like a couple, you know, Mego Hulks because it was like they were just still there, you know, <laughs> even all the way back from the seventies. They they were still at Toys R Us for like you know two ninety nine, and if somebody was going to buy them, they'd get to buy them. But I even remember like you know loving the Superpowers toy line. The, the two toys that seemed to stick around even long after Superpowers was dead and buried was Darkseid and the Flash. Like, for some <laughs> reason, I would still see, you know, them on the pegs every once in a while, even though the toy line was, you know, long gone. Yeah, you know? here it was the Flash and, like, the Kryptonian armor Lex Luthor, because those were about oh, the only okay. two superpower toys I had, because they were the last ones I could find. Okay. I actually picked up Darkseid, and for some reason it was still on the shelf. It was, like, $10, and when it came out, I know it was not that cheap. But I got Darkseid's Destroyer. Remember that vehicle? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was like that, that thing that had the two little... It was kind of like the Fantastic Car in a way, except for it was like dark side yeah. like car. Because you, know, you had the two <laughs> little pops that could come off. Like, and, dark side's and, car. 
Like, yeah. <laughs> just, if only he'd had access to that in Smallville, maybe he could have intercepted <laughs> Superboy before he pushed the planet away. <laughs> I just, I'm just imagining him like pulling up to a garage and like getting out of his car with like a briefcase <laughs> and like going in like inside to like Granny Goodness and being like, "Honey, I'm home." <laughs> he just lives out in the burbs somewhere. The sad thing was, that's really what it was. It was like this big winged monstrosity. And on the end of each wing, it had like these two little hover cars for Calabac and Desaad. That's who was on the box. And Darkseid would fly the main ship in the middle, but he had a removable throne that would fly, and the two little pods could connect to the side of it. And it was like, well, if you could have the throne with the two pods, why do you need the bigger? Oh, never mind. I don't even know. <laughs> it was like, you're making it way too complicated, uh, Kenner. Dark, Dark Kenner. Darkseid desires travel with luxury. <laughs> <laughs> the, the one cool thing about that, and I remember this, the main throne had a battery compartment in the back, and he pushed the button. Darkseid, the actual superpower trigger, had, like, light piping, a mega effect, where he could have the eye beams in his eyes, you know, if you put them underneath the lamp. But it's, yeah, well, it's actually had a light, huh? Oh, I'm sorry, that, that was kind of cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was really, it was, like, pretty advanced for 80s toys. But the throne actually had a button you could push, and it would shine a light through it so it could have the Omega effect actually sitting down, not against, like, a lamp or anything. It was, was kind of cool. Oh, okay. I see. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. The first was, toy I remember with light piping was, like, Terminator 2, like, exoskeleton. I'd never seen it before that. So it's just interesting that it was in the DC line so far, so earlier. Yeah, I, I remember having that endoskeleton. I thought that was a cool toy, too. I used to have uh, – I guess, I guess, see, I'm lying again because I, I remember – having the Kenner Robocop toy and that exoskeleton, like, fight each other, even though they were not really size comparable. Like, Robocop was kind of tinier than the exoskeleton toy. Yeah. But, you know, I remember, like, you know, reading Robocop versus Terminator, you know, the Dark Horse comic, and having those two guys always, you know, pitted against each other or whatever. Right. Actually, Eric, you've actually talked about a couple of toys. Is that your, like favorite kill toy line, or do you have another one? Actually, Bot Talk helped me discover what this toy line was because for years I, I had them and especially the playset, which is probably like molting somewhere in a shed um, nearby. But my favorite short lived eighties toy line is called Eagle force. I remember um, those guys. It, 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 basically they were kind of like tiny mask sized GI Joes, but they were, they were from the die cast era. So they had rubber heads but the actual bodies, you know, there weren't, wasn't a lot of articulation, but you would actually just sort of, you know, you could move their arms, you could move their legs, and they were all really shiny looking and stuff. And, you know, they, they were kind of like basically like, you know, sort of stereotypical kind of, you know, characters. Like the, the lead guy was kind of like a combination of General Hawk with Nick Fury. You know, he had the eye patch and all that kind of stuff. His name was Captain Eagle. And then you had like, you know, you had your, you know, your token girl, you know, you had a couple, uh, you know, you had the Asian guy that was kind of like quick kick named KO, you know, <laughs> you had, you had, you know, the, the kind of stalker type guy named Sergeant Brown of all things, <laughs> you know, like stuff like that, you French know, foreign legion member uh, Frenchie LeBlanc. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You know, all the, all the bad guys kind of were, you know, anything that was viewed as kind of, you know, like you, you had the one, you know, guy named Nemesis who looked like basically, you know, a modern day jihadist or whatever, you know, <laughs> you know, you got the Savitar guy who I always thought, remind, you know, he's kind of like their storm shadow, 
you know, and, you know, they, they were called Riot. So I, I'm trying to remember, you know, what it stood for exactly. It was supposed to be like, oh, here it is, Roving International Organization of Tyranny. You know, so it's kind of like, you know, it was kind of like G.I. Joe versus Cobra. And and I, I always thought they were kind of like, they, they had a really cool eagle play set that, that you could use with the characters. And so, like, I always enjoyed, you know, sort of talking about mixing and matching. Like, I always enjoyed that eagle play set. And I remember one of the things we used to do was we, we had these, you know, not the actual toys, but kind of like how I was mentioning about the erasers for Orco. We had these, like, strawberry shortcake erasers. And so, for some reason, we were, like, totally amused. And and with making, like, strawberry shortcake, like, a general. So, like, I had general strawberry shortcake. And she would, like, drive around in the little Jeeps they had. And she was, like, commanding, like, lemon meringue to go, you know, <laughs> the ninjas and stuff like that. So, like, I don't know. It's just that I, I just have a lot of fond memories of playing with play sets. And then, uh, of course, I liked all the toys. And I liked the way the ninja looked kind of cool and everything from the bad guy team. And then, you know, and then all the military guys, you know, they all came with guns and and, and, you know, we're very G.I. Joe-esque, but just a different scale and, you know, just a different composition. You know, they had the, you know, the die-cast toys instead of, I guess, being, you know, plastic. Well, I, I feel I should remind our listeners right now, the 80s were a magical time where political correctness did not exist. <laughs> so, yeah, you could actually get away with having guns. You could actually get away with stereotypes and stuff like that. And, you know, actually, I think that kind of helped toy lines in a way. I mean... Actually, it's funny, though, because there were some things in that toy line they couldn't actually get away with, though. Because I think, like, the main, you know, I, I just want to point out, like, the main bad guy, his name is General Mamba. And wow. General Mamba, he was actually changed because he was supposed to be Idi Amin. But then the, at the last minute, you know, they changed it so that, you know, he was just uh, your typical average white dictator from Africa yeah. or wherever he came from, you know. So, like, you know, so, like, yeah, he was but one of those. Listeners, historical factoid again Idi Amin was like a very violent almost butcherous African dictator who killed people in very disgusting ways so just like you know I know that was lighthearted, right <laughs> but yeah oh well, I can see why they would want to change that they're like yeah we probably shouldn't go that route <laughs> but uh, Screaming Eagles though I mean I actually remember those guys Derek they were like in really small blister packs yeah yeah and they were actually really were kind of cool because you get like a G.I. Joe figure and he'd weigh like you know a couple ounces. You pick up a Scream Eagle guy, and he's like really heavy, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like just I don't know. It was kind of a cool alternative to like let's go with the '90s alternative right now to GI Joe the Corpse. You guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Oh yeah, they were kind of like what hand me down GI Joes or Kmart GI yeah. Joes. Yeah, well, they're still in stores now. I think. Yeah. 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 All right, isn't that what all the stupid GI Joes are called? The Corpse. Yeah, they just have, like, really – you can tell they're, like, secondhand because they'll have, like, a three-pack of, like, space guys. And it'll right. be, like, you know, Black Hole Dan and Sunfire Steve and Can't Breathe. <laughs> the interesting you know, thing is, like, the soldiers all look like crap, but some of the vehicles look pretty, uh, like, up to up to snuff with G.I. Joe stuff. Like, I remember there was this really sweet hover pad or something. Boat I was just about to say that. The hovercraft is really awesome. Yeah. I actually endorsed that highly. Let's see. We're talking about the horrible 80s toys that aren't horrible. They should have gone on. What about you, Brian? What's what's one that, like, died that you sh- just don't think should have died? Well, the one I was going to mention is Silverhawks. I had a few of the toys as a kid, and it's actually one that was made by Kenner. So that's kind of why I joked that Kenner is 
responsible for a lot of failed toy lines. Looking back, the toys weren't that great, but as a kid, I thought they were pretty cool. I had, I know for sure I had, I think his name was Quicksilver. He was like an all chromed out guy. There was a dude with a, like an eyepiece thing that you could look through, like Stargazer, maybe. Do you know what I'm talking uh, about, Tony? He was like the, the, the gold helmet, like half helmet. Yeah, like half a face, but this toy you could actually like look through his little eye from the back. Anyways, I think that was his name was Stargazer, but like I liked him a lot because they came with like little like eagle and hawk partners, whatever, and like that kind of played on the stuff I liked about like say Target Masters or Headmasters. Like the the action figure would come with a smaller little cool action figure to play with. The only thing I could really say that sucked about the toy line was i remember like the vehicles were like terrible <laughs> like uh, one that comes to mind is like this giant hawk it looks like a it looks like an animal like a hawk and like but the, it has like a cockpit on its head that opens up and a guy can fit in there it's like what <laughs> so what do you yeah. want bird <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's horrible. I think I remember, like, my favorite character from that was a guy called Flashback. He was a green Silverhawk, and he had, like, kind of weird anime eyes because he had a weird helmet. And his special power was he could go back in time. Am I drawing a blank on you there? Flashback? I don't actually remember much from the episode. I know it, like, wasn't well-received in the U.S. Like, I, I learned that in my research, but, yeah, I can't remember much from the cartoon. Yeah, it, it that's the thing about it is, like, everybody thought it was going to be really big because it was kind of like, well, Thundercats in space, but right, it just really didn't click, I guess. Because yeah, I just looked it up. Stargazer is the the commissioner guy, the gold, the gold helmet or half. I thought that was his name. It seems like Kenner gave up on toy lines really quickly. I don't know. I always like Monstar though. Moonstar, Bimbo, yeah. give me the might, the menace. Of Monstar, and it wasn't even... A- that was that was basically the same voice as Mumra, right? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Where he's like, he's like, oh, ancient spirits of evil. <laughs> That's the red you know? bad guy, right? Yeah, yeah he, he was like kind of a punk rocker, but then he turned into like right. one of the Kristar guys, I think. Spiky yeah, Flash, Flashback was the guy with the green that you're talking about. I was just trying to look up to see which guy I remember liking, and his name was Bluegrass. He had the like oh, yeah. cowboy hat. He had a, he had a guitar called Hot Dicks. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I think it looks like Copper Kid should join our annoying uh, <laughs> crew. Here. Actually, you know what? He was actually the precursor to Bumblebee because he only spoke in whistles and tweets and stuff. Wow. He tweeted way back then. Yeah, he was. He was on Twitter. <laughs> he, he knew. What was he was right. ahead of the curve. Yeah. <laughs> now they'd be like, Copper Kid, what do we got to do right now? And he'd be like, <laughs> and they'd be like, okay. Oh, we got to turn the page? Didn't R2D2 predate Copper Kid? <laughs> true, true, <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't even think anybody could understand him, though. It wasn't even like a Luke Skywalker thing. they just look at it and be like, yeah, we're going to go fight Monster now. <laughs> and actually, again, because it's an ongoing theme, Silverhawks also had a PSA at the end of every episode where copper kid learned a valuable lesson about how not to drink paint or something <laughs> hey, pork Tony. chop sandwiches <laughs> pork chop sandwiches <laughs> oh man being a fan of he-man my my runner up for possible mention this week was going to be brave star did you ever watch that i am well aware of marshall brave star and his faithful sidekick 3030 yes <laughs> okay 
I just knew it was going to tell, <laughs> you know, toy line, so I was just interested if you were into it or not. You know, actually, they were, they were really cool toys because they actually had, like, the uh, Captain Power thing before Captain Power, right? Right. Yeah, you could actually, like, have duels with, like, the enemy bad guys, and if you push your button fast enough, he'd send an infrared beam to the bad guy, and it would, like, make him throw his weapon away. Like, oh, yep. you disarmed me. Yeah. Excuse me, guys. I have a message coming in on the bat wave. I'm going to have to take this. No, no okay. problem. Where are we pausing? No, no, no. I was just making a joke oh. about the bat. Totally threw me off. I thought you were for serious. I was too. Like, yeah. I'm like, Alfred's calling in the bat wave for serious. No, I, was just... I thought you were being for real, Joe. Master Crab, your waffles are ready. <laughs> nice uh, try, Reno Romano. <laughs> not to go back to Brave Star, but I have to. I just love the, the toy line because he rode a horse called 3030. Right. Who could talk <laughs> and then the stand That's up right. and hold a gun and shoot people. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. like a cyborg horse. Why wouldn't he be able to do that? <laughs> like, you're my horse and also my friend. I'm kind of confused. <laughs> yeah. One of my friends was asking me about Brave Star a while back, and I was like, I don't remember a lot about the, the toys or the show, and we just happened to be at Walmart, and I was like, I think there's like a you know DVD of, in the cheapo bin, and we dug through it and found it, and like he immediately ran home and watched it, and you know the next day he was like, oh, I remember this episode, and he was like all excited, like he you know rediscovered his love for Brave Star. I thought that was that's neat. cool. How long ago was it that you found the DVD? Like a week and a half ago. Awesome. I got to check my Walmart in the cheap bin. I think yeah, it was like he... maybe 10 episodes, you know, for like $5 or something. Cool. Yeah, it's not bad. It, yeah, because he had kind of like a, sh- a Shazam thing. It was like a Native American sh- Shazam thing where he'd be like spirit of the bear, strength of the p- puma, and wisdom of the owl, and then he'd go beat somebody up or something. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what he did. Yeah. Oh, man. This uh, this is probably the best podcast ever because the 80s just never die. Speaking speaking of more fun with toilets that never should have been canceled, Mike, what's yours, man? I picked Dino Riders because, as I mentioned, I was big into dinosaurs as a kid. And, you know, dinosaurs with guns and armor with little men piloting them was just awesome. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I didn't actually have a lot of them, but I had, like, my my favorite was the Taurosaurus. And I, th- I made a thread on Bot Talk a couple months ago. Uh, I guess they, they, they uh, some scientists, like a paleontologist, decided like that Triceratops is not like a real species of dinosaur anymore, and it was just like a less evolved Taurosaurus. So I was all like, you know, ah, yeah, Taurosaurus has always been my favorite. And I was like, what I didn't say to anyone was, it's always been my favorite because I had that toy as a dino rider back when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that that was a pretty good. That was basically mask, but with like you know dinosaurs that had armor that transformed and stuff, and you know hidden compartments with missiles and cans on them and whatnot. And you know the commercials were really cool. I remember wanting to buy them because the commercials were like you know harness the power, Dino Riders. <laughs> it's like you know the commercials they were cool, but like look, I watched a couple of them before doing this show, and I was like, like 
the commercials made like the the problems they faced like really asinine. Like you know, you know, it it'd be like you know, Taurus Ars is stuck in a swamp. Uh oh, here comes the evil Ulans. Does he want to get out of the swamp first? Yeah, yeah and the, like the bad guys have like the friggin' slowest like the giant like i don't know like sauropod like type dinosaur and like he's like he's very slowly approaching and it's like <laughs> can he get out of the swamp in time and he's like oh he already got out of the swamp he's he's nowhere to be found anymore he ran away okay but yeah i also I, noticed i noticed that what do you call i was researching this and i i never really saw the cartoon that much i just had a few of the toys and it was I like noticed, a really short run yeah, it did, but I noticed now I can add Dr. Claw, Darkseid, and Krulos to my repertoire, because he, it was also <laughs> Frank Welker doing the, hello, I'm Krulos, voice. Yeah, like, almost, there's a ton of, like, Transformer dudes that went on to do the show, because yeah, it was, like, yeah, it was a little it. bit after Transformers was off the air. Yeah, yeah. Wel- yeah. Welker and Cullen and Gil, Gil Vazin was, was in it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, Krulos was, like, some weird, like, Battletoads reptile-type dude. He was, like, the main bad guy. But, yeah, he oh, had the Dr. Claw voice. Yeah, actually, I always lot, remember that was, part of the, that, that was part of the Marvel action hour where it was... It, I'd watch Spider-Man and his amazing friends and then Dino Riders and then Robocop. And that was, like, the Marvel action hour. And then, like, I remember one, you know, one of those days it turned out to be Pride of the X-Men. And then I was like, oh, there's no more? You know, like, I wanted to see yeah. more. Yeah. more Dino Riders. Actually, Mike, I was going to tell you, you should be actually very proud of that choice. You know why? Why is that? <laughs> the uh, Smithsonian was so impressed by the accurateness of those toys, they actually still sell them in the gift shop without the battle armor or without the action figures as accurate dinosaur replicas. Wow, that's really cool, actually. Yeah. Hmm. That's I also interesting heard and Dinosaur impressive. Train was a continuation of this main story. Dinosaur What's train? Dinosaur Train? Man, you guys need a kid. It's on, a, <laughs> it's on public television, like, between Curious George and probably Martha Speaks. <laughs> dinosaur Train. <laughs> do, they, nice. do, they, do they get into terrible trouble? Like, you know, there's a tree in the road, and, you know, the, the evil Rulons are slowly approaching. <laughs> No, the is a little different. There's a there's a train that <laughs> time travels to different like periods of dinosaur history, so they meet all the different types of dinosaurs. Uh-huh. But mostly the same. <laughs> okay. Nice. Well, I guess it's back to me again. I'm going to go with a toy line that actually did have a cartoon. It was actually really cool toys. And you know what? Collectors, if you look them up on eBay, expect to pay some high-ass prices for these old-ass toys. Starcom. You guys remember that? Yes, yes. I, I no really like Starcom. Huh? No one I else. said no one, no one else? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, it, go ahead. They were basically like toys that were based, kind of like, imagine NASA if it didn't fuck up so much and actually was able to go into the future with their ideas. And mm-hmm. they go into the future and they start colonizing worlds and whatnot, and they end up having robots that they created rebel against them, and there's this whole evil empire. The whole trick with the whole toy line was there were these spring-activated toys. You would push a button, and it was kind of like masks, but not a lot of work, because you push the button, <laughs> and they would pop out all these weapons and stuff, and they had this uh, the secondary gimmick 
was magnetized power. Every single action figure had magnets on the bottom of their shoes, and they could put them on these toys where if you know they couldn't sit, you could actually have a toy standing up on top of it, like the action figure, and he wouldn't fall off. You know, he could be standing, manning a gun station, hanging upside down from a space station. And the toys were a smaller scale. The action figures were not even two inches tall. I'd say, like, maybe inch and a half tall. It was by, I, I really want to say Coleco, maybe. Not sure. I have to look it up online. But they were... The toys were made by Coleco? I want to say so. I could be wrong, though. Because it was, it was definitely not, like, a bigger toy company. And they were really good toys. They were really well detailed. All... Yeah, it says, it says they were made by Coleco slash Mattel. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought it was... Coleco just made really crappy, like you know, software, <laughs> like computers. Also made really crappy toys. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I think Coleco was also in on the sectors thing too. I want to say they were. I think they, they, them and Mattel had like a deal where it's like Coleco would be like, "We have this great idea for a video game, and we could like make toys." And they'd be like, Mattel be like, "Oh, we're gonna make the toys." Mattel made the toys, and Coleco would be like, "Oh yeah, we didn't make the game because our." platform sucked but no starcom was actually really it's really popular with collectors because the toys were really well made all the gimmicks worked you would push this button it was called rapid deploy and you push a button and they had these like kind of it wasn't like mask where it was like one toy turned into another toy they had these like cargo molds where like you could put other toys in other toys so they could ship them to like other planets and then you push the deploy mode where they would actually turn into the actual toy. I mean, it's kind of complicated. I know it sounds a little silly, but it was actually a really awesome toy line because everything looked like real space toys. You know what I'm saying, Mike? Yeah, yeah, I, I remember. I I had something. All I remember is, like, the big empty spaces in them for, like, the cargo mold. Am I thinking of the right thing or the whatever? Yeah, yeah. Which you just said, yeah. Because yeah, I remember like, I, I, I only had, like, one or two, and I never had anything to put in one of them, I remember. <laughs> There's one called, like, and I feel even more geeky knowing this. It's called the Star Max Bomber. And you push this back tab, and it would had a motorized motor that would push the back of it out. And there would just be this big space that you could either, like, roll something in or put, like, one of the other ships into. It was was really cool. I mean, nothing mind-blowing, but for the time, it was a different kind of toy line. I like the idea that they kind of thought outside the box they were actually doing like almost realistic space stuff because all the action figures actually look like real astronauts they had like flip down helmets they had like full space suits it wasn't like luke skywalker investment gear like somebody said earlier <laughs> i don't know the magnets is a rip from like diaclone or micro knots or something yeah, i know there's probably. some japanese toy line because i remember the commercial where they had magnets on the feet and like they had this really sweet looking base but it had like a conveyor belt type thing and the it's probably, the, it's from micronauts too yeah because they had like yeah magnetic limbs and stuff but it, it was just kind of cool yeah it sounds cool yeah i mean you guys totally look it up i mean the toys right now are way too expensive if you're not into it right now don't get into it now because you won't be able to really appreciate it with the prices i will go to my second favorite toy line though you guys might actually know this one i had two i couldn't pick between them i like air raiders remember air raiders yeah i, I remember they, they, they always seem to be advertised with visionaries i think yeah yeah it was like, but it, I always thought it was weird because they were like visionaries from the creators of Transformers and air raiders from the creators of GI Joe. And then I always kind of went, "Well, wait, aren't visionaries just like really big GI Joes? Like, shouldn't it be the other way around?" But whatever. Yeah, they were just trying to appeal to different degrees. Air raiders were kind of cool. They're really small scale, a tiny scale, like smaller than mask. And their whole thing is, they had vehicles. That was their main push. They didn't really go with the characters as much. 
and the whole thing was like all oh, their web they they're basically nerf toys. You had like a spaceship with two rockets on it, and you push the little bellows on the back, and it would shoot the rockets off. But they had really good designs. I liked them. I know, again, not too overwhelmingly cool, but <laughs> <laughs> if they had gone further, they would be just as cool as Transformers. Hmm. I, I think I had a few of the comics. I think I think that was like the Marvel Star imprint, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's what I was actually. Was, um, yeah. And like I remember getting like a whole bunch of like Marvel Star comics as a kid, and I like you know the Droid comics and Ewoks and stuff. And I think like I remember having one or two Air Raiders, but I. I like, I don't remember having any of the toys or even watching the show, so I wasn't really familiar with it. I was just like, oh, what's this? This is some random thing, and, you know, I didn't read it. Was there was there a show, I say, As far as I know, there was no show. Visionaries had oh. a show, but Air Raiders did not. The only thing I really hate about Air Raiders, though, is, like, as a kid, I didn't care. Cool toys. But growing up, the plot line was Airlandia, a planet without air except for the tyrants of wind who conceal the air in domes. <laughs> it's totally plausible. Yeah. It's like, that wasn't really well thought out. It's like, how do your ships fly without air? Never mind. I don't care. But, yeah, you know, I, I just had to go with cool-looking toys. Look up some of the air-rated toys. They actually look really cool. I looked up some Starcom stuff while you were talking, and, yeah, it is pricey. It's all get out. Yeah, it is. It really is. It's like crazy how it, well it's a cult kind of toy line, so everybody's like, "Ooh, I gotta buy this!" Right. I guess we'll go ahead and move on to the future. For the future. <laughs> For the future this week, we are going to talk about Botcon. I am not going to lie; I got my sheet this week because I've been out for a while fighting the good fight for Shockwave to be disposed. For Dark of the Moon. What exactly are we going with on BotCon for the future? Like future BotCons or future toys for BotCon? Oh, I think we were just going to discuss one? the most recent one. Okay, we're going to do the most recent toy line that came out for BotCon? Yeah. Or just any, anything yeah, yeah, that just, came out. Just of. anything from BotCon you think is really cool. Even if oh. it's like a fans project thing or something. Oh, okay. Cool. I'll have a take a minute to stew on it. What about have you, you? Have you seen much news on it, Tony? The ones that just came out? Yeah. I saw, like, the Sunicon set. Some news you might be interested in is they did say Generations would be continued. Oh, you're they... talking about, like, the panels and stuff. Well, anything that was... Yeah, yeah. I, I, saw, I saw they said Generations is going to be continued, which actually is kind of cool because that means a lot of the... I know if you guys collect Transformers, anybody's listening, there's a lot of heads that were swapped in instructions for past Generations toys. Off the top of my head, Lugnut, Cup, Scourge, I think all had different heads, right? Yeah, and their instructions and, like, Thunderwing and Warpath, too. Yeah, so there's actually a chance these toys actually might be released in the coming year during Dark of the Moon, correct? That's what they seem to imply, yeah. That's cool. I mean, to me, that's probably, like, I mean, even though I didn't have a lot to go on, that's probably my happiest <laughs> bit of news. I'm all about Generations continuing, because I'm not really impressed with Dark of the Moon. I mean, well, I mean, what do you think, Brian? I mean, what was something kind of cool from BotCon from you? Well, I mean, that was the coolest thing I heard. From reading stuff, like, on the boards, like, a lot of people seem to be disappointed with this year's BotCon. It seemed like it was kind of under-attended. Also, like, besides, like, Generations, like, being announced that it was going to continue, like, the panels and stuff were really, like, underwhelming with the news they gave out. I heard some people were complaining about the BotCon Hall of Fame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you think about that, Mike? Was it really that bad from what you heard? 
like the BotCon Hall of Fame part or a, a, anything? Anything, but I mean, I was I was kind of wondering about the BotCon Hall of Fame because I heard Michael Bay was all, kind of all a I dick. all I heard was yeah, I heard he was like we saw that thread on Bot Talk where it said like Michael Bay was kind of a douchebag at his like acceptance speech. So yeah, yeah, almost like antagonistic towards the fans yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Well, that's too bad. But what did you? What did they expect, really? You know, they, it's like, well, I, I, I thought it was funny. They said like Aaron Archer was really mad that a, a Rector was one of the nominees for like Character Hall of Fame, like the little MicroMaster. <laughs> Obviously, as a joke, a lot enough fans like voted him in, and like Aaron Archer was really mad about that. Apparently, he was like, you know, if you guys treat this like a joke, you know, we're gonna treat it like a joke. So, you know, well, you and know, everyone... on, on the flip side, though. I mean, as much shit as we get for being negative, which I admit, Transformers fans are negative. Why is it so bad we were having fun with something for once? Yeah, yeah I'm with you. Three fans out there who like legitimately like Erector. <laughs> They're like, I really <laughs> wanted to be in there. Please. <laughs> uh, I, I was I was pretty disappointed, like on all levels, like on what as far as information like that came out of BotCon. Like aside from the fact that you know Generations is continuing, you know. <laughs> Like like last BotCon, you know, the Sunday panel, they gave us all that good stuff. Like, you know, that that's when they announced, like, Jazz and Perceptor right. and Rekgar and Thunderwing and, like, all those cool toys that we were like, oh, my God, this is so great. And this time, like, yeah. the Sunday panel was just, like, you know, stuff we already knew. Or I think maybe they, re- they like, revealed one or two, like, to- designs for the, like, Prime toys. And then, then they showed, like, the same artwork they showed last time of, like, the 13. They're doing that, the 13 original Transformers that Primus, like, created. And, like, they just show artwork of it. And, like, people are like, oh, are these going to be toys? And, like, Hasbro's like, oh, no, no. It's just, like, you know, concept art for, like, the mythology portion of Transformers. And we're yeah, like, the, okay. The, they're, they're really trying to hammer home this whole thing, like, Prime and fight, uh, War for Cybertron. It's like, we are doing one continuity, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, and I'm like, oh, that's cool and all, but, you know, why bother showing us if, like, first of all, this artwork is not going to get seen outside of, like, you know, that panel, apparently, because they didn't allow photography. Yeah, it's it's not on the web at all, yeah. You know, second of all, if you're not even going to make toys of them, then what the hell is the point, you know? I mean, it might have been cool to look at, but, you know, that doesn't mean anything for anyone who didn't go to BotCon, and, you know... I, I was I was also disappointed. I looked up to see what the IDW panel, if there was any, like, hope for this coming year. And, you know, aside from, like, James Roberts, who I like the writing of, like, taking, like, a sort of co-writer role in some upcoming issues of The Ongoing, there was nothing really from the IDW panel that kind of, like, I was hoping maybe they'd say something about, like, you know, the Simon Furman wanting to, like, do Marvel 81 or whatever. And they, yeah. did, they did address it, but they were, like, kind of like joking about it and they were like you know oh if the the petition reaches like ten thousand, you know signatures will do it and i was like yeah shut up <laughs> but basically, and, basically they had movie blur come out and go no hope no hope no hope no hope at all yeah <laughs> also see that the thing was like i i don't know if it was the animated theme of the whole botcon or what but 
they actually asked like the audience in that panel like what would you rather have like a marvel continuation or an animated like comic continuation and i guess animated won when they took the vote so i don't know if it was just like who was there at that botcon or like you know i like animated but like there's no contest if you ask me if you want animated or a marvel con- uh, continuation yeah. i mean yeah. but i guess would it, would yeah, it like they, a would it like a continuation of the animated series Yes. Would I like right. continuation of G1 Comics? Yes. That's what I want. It's kind of sad that, you know, the most exciting, the thing that's got me most excited is they're making, like, a new Guzzle figure, and that's, like, a, just a little basic toy, you know? And, I mean, the, one of the one of the third-party companies that make, you know, the unofficial stuff, I mean, their stuff looks cool. And that they also released, like, a week or two ago a picture they're making, and iGear is making an Impactor toy, which is awesome and I'll probably buy. But they didn't actually show that at BotCon, so, I mean, nothing really exciting came out of this BotCon for me. Which I totally broke on BotTalk, just to let you know, opposed to the first name. Um. Yes, yep, Tony <laughs> in, did indeed do that, yes. Hey, he looks awesome. I mean, he looks yeah, just he like... Does. He looks cool, yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, do you think they're in a holding pattern? I mean, what do you think, Justin? I mean, is are they just so focused on Dark of the Moon, they're just kind of being like... Like, yeah, whatever, we'll do a pot con this year, and you'll just like what we fucking show you. <laughs> yeah, it's, it seems that way. Like, I mean, I, I'm not as big in, this, in the Transformers as I used to be, but, you know, I kept up with the updates that Mike was posting, and the only thing that really kind of perked my interest was Masterpiece Rodimus. They had a picture of it, so I was like, ooh. Uh, like, I don't even, I don't have any of the Masterpiece toys, like, not even, you know, my namesake Grimlock. I just, like, I just haven't got around to getting it, but... Rodimus is probably the one that I'll spring the money for and actually, you know, get. If it helps, man, I've been scouring Toys R Us for like the last six months. I never saw a Masterpiece Grimlock in a Toys R Us. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I've never even seen one to buy anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But hopefully once all this Dark of the Moon stuff gets over with, you know, hopefully, you know, once they're like on the, the clearance aisle of Walmart, we'll start getting some good, you know, like Generations-style toys, like more of that. That's what I would really like to see, but... Who knows what they'll do. Yeah. Well, I know, Derek, you're not very much into Transformers as you used to be, but I know you kind of keep up on stuff on Bot Talk. What do you think about it, man? I, I go along with I, – I think the only thing that, that went – because I sort of looked through the, some of the pictures, and I kind of tried to scroll and pay attention to some of the things in that thread. And uh, the, the one thing I would just agree with Justin is, like, I, I kind of – you know, I'm a fan of Hot Rod, Rodimus, and stuff like that. So I did kind of perk up a little bit where I was like, oh, cool, there's a, a Masterpiece version of him. Like, that's kind of neat. Like, the, But mostly it just kind of extends to, like, oh, if I still bought toys, I would probably want to buy that, you know, kind of thing. You know, and that's basically where kind of it ended. I mean – I don't know. It's weird. It's like uh, all the stuff that's out right now, like I'm not really, you know, going to go see Dark of the Moon. So there's no real hype sort of excitement with anything related to, you know, that kind of news. And then, you know, even even um, Prime, like the the thing that's odd to me is that they somehow think that they have a single continuity or something. Yeah. You know? like, I'm, I'm kind of <laughs> like, well, wait, like, you know, clearly that video game has nothing to do with Prime, and Prime has nothing to do with Dark of the Moon. So I, I don't see... It, it, it reminds me of, like, those old, old threads where, you know, it was a fun thing for fans to do where they wanted to reconcile every single continuity, be it the Marvel comic books and the Quinnison origins and then the, you know... Uh, early G1 origins and all that stuff. And, you know, you kind of went through and went, oh, yes, in, uh, you know, 459 BC is when the Quintessons, <laughs> like, you know, 
created, you know, such and such. But really, uh, way, way back in 800 BC was when Primus, you know, was created. And the Quintessons didn't really create the Transformers. They just sort of occupied Cybertron and said they created them. Ah, that totally makes sense, you know, and you're just kind of like, oh, well, yeah, that's fun little exercise for people. But, you know, when you're actually in the process of making new material and you say like, oh, yeah, this is all going to be connected and then you don't bother to connect it, it just seems like lazy. Uh, I was going to say, Derek, I think that's friggin' hilarious how they continue to insist that, like, that the Prime cartoon and the War for Cybertron video game are in the same continuity when there's, like, so much, like, that contradicts itself. And then they also have that, like, novel Exodus, who they what they wanted, I guess, to be, like, the baseline for this new continuity. And the novel, which was explicitly written to, like, fit in with the video game, does not fit in with the video game at all. <laughs> like, it's funny, like, in the Prime cartoon, like, Starscream's like, oh, Dark Energon, oh, that's just a legend. You know, does it even exist? And like, and I'm like, wait, well, Starscream, uh, don't you remember in the War for Cybertron video game, which is a prequel to this cartoon, where you guard the fucking satellite that houses all the dark yeah. energon? Like a thousand years or something. <laughs> Do you not remember that? I guess when Starscream lost all that weight, he lost his memory too. There you go. Well, I mean, Starscream is a uh, is a twink. A little bit in the prime. Awesome. I think my biggest problem is like, I remember. You know, back when Armada started, yeah, I'm bringing up Armada. Hasbro explicitly stated, you know, they're like, oh, actually, what we're going for is kind of like a Final Fantasy thing where we have all these different shows where it's going to be a different reality, but it's still Optimus Prime and Megatron just fighting for different things. And then they fast forward 10 years and they're like, oh, no, this all happened, apparently, in the same universe. And I'm like, okay, so what about the Armada trilogy? Okay, that didn't happen, but yeah. all the other stuff we're doing now happened. I remember talking actually with Mike directly about this on the boards, and the first time he mentioned that the game was connected to the show, I, I, I said he was high. <laughs> <laughs> like, are you kidding me? And I was like, I was like, Hasbro wouldn't lie to us. <laughs> they love us. Well, I mean, I mean, that's the problem is. They've done all these different shows. There's been, like, you know, the comic continuity, which don't even fucking bother to tie into anything. And it's just not going to happen unless you do a hard reboot. And when you do a hard reboot, though, fans like us kind of get a little annoyed when they're like, okay, here's, here's what we're doing right now. Everything for the last 20 years doesn't matter. Starting with War for Cybertron, here's how things are. And then they pull the fucking IDW shit where it's like, okay, now we're going to do all hell Megatron and all the shit you know is not going to happen. Well, it's like, it, it's the difference between making a declarative statement of this is a hard reboot and then they do a hard reboot and then they have a bunch of soft reboots every like two weeks after that where to the point where it might as well just, it, it's not even a Final Fantasy thing like you described. It's not even a nice clean break where it's like, oh, hey, War of Cybertron was really great. We made a lot of money with it. Now we're going to introduce you to a new Optimus Megatron battle called Transformers Prime. You know, it's like they don't even bother to do that. They're just, like, trying to act like it's all the same shit, right? Mm -hmm. So well, well, that's what I'm saying. It's like, that's kind of the IDW thing. It's like, according to IDW, as far as I know, you could correct me on this, Mike, everything that's happening in IDW still applies, but just what they want to apply. Yeah, more or less. I mean, there's a lot of contradictions, but it, it's not, like, as bad as this whole, like, prime war for Cybertron novel I agree, series I agree, yeah, thing. I agree. Yeah, but, yeah, more or less, like, 
they they had that really awful like a year or two ago like one shot called Continuum I think it was where they like tried to tell like the history of the IDW verse like up till that point and yeah. <laughs> that whoever wrote it did clearly were not reading their own comics because it was like full of so many errors and like you know it was like they they described like all these things that had nothing to do with like. They, they they spent like a whole page describing Wheelie's spotlight when it was like a standalone story, but they didn't mention like all these spotlights that directly tied into the main continuity. It was like all like haphazard and sloppy. I don't know. But it, it, I think the biggest problem with continuity, and probably been from the day one from Marvel Comics to DC Comics, but I'm just going with Transformers right now. The biggest problem is is when you do something. You can't ignore the continuity that's already been established. You just can't pick and choose what you want to apply. You know, like War for Cybertron. That's supposed to be the new continuity. And they're just going to be like, oh, well, we're writing Prime right now, and Starscream doesn't know what Dark Energon is, so fuck that. (laughs) You know? And that's not continuity. I mean, the word itself defined is, you know, making something a linear story. And if they want to do that, that's all well and good, but Jesus Christ, just get on the same page, you know? Like, get all your fucking eggs in a row, put them in the same basket, and then make a story. And especially with, like, a semi-hard reboot, kind of a soft reboot, it shouldn't be that difficult, because you're trying to start a new mythology. Just take what works, do what works, and then go with that. It, I mean, I mean, am I being delusional? Should it be that hard? No, I mean, it's definitely possible. I mean, I'd love to see... I. I, I definitely think this was a, like an after-the-fact thing where they were like, you know what, let's make things like, you know, they probably thought they'd make it simple for themselves and say it was all the same continuity, but clearly they underestimated how insane we fans are, so, you know. Well, I mean, also, I think, like, the game designers didn't know what the Prime story guys were doing and vice versa. Yeah, exactly, and... yeah. Like, Well, like I said, the friggin'... The book doesn't fit with the video game. The video game doesn't fit with the book. The video game doesn't fit with the cartoon. The cartoon doesn't fit with the novel. And the cartoon doesn't fit with the video game. So, I mean. (laughs) And, yeah, I don't know. It's a mess. It's just a huge mess. I mean, hopefully they'll be able to fix it. I have hope they will. I guess for the future, the best way to sum it up, I'll go with the two, you know, not as involved fans. Justin, what do you think about BotCon? Was it worthwhile or eh? Nah. What about you, Derek? What do you think about what you read? I did, like I said, other than uh, Masterpiece Rodimus, I didn't really see anything that really excited me. Yeah. What about you, Mike? This eh, or good? Yeah, this is this is pretty disappointing. And how about you, Brian? What do you think, man? I will say I'm very happy I did not pay to go to the show <laughs> this year. I, I will sum it up. I was the easiest thing I can say from a couple of uh, podcasts ago. The Stunicons in animated form pretty much were a precursor to how much of a letdown this is going to be. But I I don't I'd almost say the toys were the least disappointing part of this botcon, and everyone was pretty disappointed initially. <laughs> yeah, I really didn't like them. That was me, but that was just me. Well, at, le- uh, at the very at the very least, I was gonna say they had like the Action Master Thundercracker finally that they were true, promising, true. and you know, so that was kind of cool. But other than I, that, I'm I'm just surprised like Michael Bay made it out of there alive and uninjured, or <laughs> you know, nobody threw like a. Nobody threw a bucket of pig's blood on him or something. Well, like, <laughs> explosions follow him everywhere he goes, so <laughs> no one could even give chase. Cause... <laughs> there, there's actually a bumble, a guy in a bumblebee costume who did piss on him. But, oh. <laughs> <laughs> ah, the irony. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so 
That didn't mean to go into a someplace cold segment, but kind of did. Whoopsie. BotCon, yeah. Hasbro, you got to do a little bit better. You know, we're we're hardcore fans. We're kind of angry, but shouldn't be that hard to make us happy. Just show us a freaking new hell. <laughs> show us a new Power Master Prime toy. Just one, and we'll be freaking happy. Let's move on, though. Get out of this little dark place. We'll go to a little segment we call What's Awesome This Week in Your World. Every time we get on the podcast, we like to talk about stuff that's really just kind of floating our boat this week. Get into it and have a little bit of fun with it. Justin, what's really cool in your world this week? Well, for my cool thing, we're going to go to a world that's not only of sight and sound, but of mind. That signpost up the head in Twilight Zone. Specifically, <laughs> specifically the Definitive Edition Season 3. I picked this up uh, actually a few months ago, but I haven't had any time to sit down and watch it until this week. And, uh, I've been a big Twilight Zone fan ever since uh, ever since I've been a little kid. And I always watch the marathons that Sci-Fi Channel puts on like every 4th of July and every New Year's Eve. And even with all that, I still manage to find one or two episodes I've never seen. And thanks to these DVDs, I've still, I'm still finding a few rare episodes I've never seen. Like I just saw a new one today when I was putting in a new disc, and I was pretty pleased about that. The episodes look really great on DVD. They've got a really good quality to them. And there's a lot of really neat special features. Like there's some interviews with Rod Sterling. There's episode commentary with some of the actors like Bill Mummy, you know, that his famous episode where he's the evil little kid and he's sending everybody to the cornfield. Like he does commentary for that. So <laughs> I'm really pleased with this uh, definitive edition that they've been putting out. So Yeah, all the all, all the definitive editions are really, really good. And then uh, even some of the, like, historical, like, like, you know, because obviously Rod Serling is not you know, sitting in the booth recording <laughs> the commentary today. Yeah. So a lot of the, a lot of the stuff is from like, you know, lectures that he's given and stuff sort of, you know, synced with the you know episode in question. And you just kind of listen along to things that he has to say about the show and stuff. Yeah, yeah I think if anybody's a fan, it's worth watching and getting. Yeah, usually those, you know, tape sessions that he's done, like I think they was what were lectures, like you said, like those are usually like the first things I'll go to. Like I've seen most of these episodes so many times I could probably recite them, but any of the ones that have like any kind of interview or commentary or anything with Sterling himself, like I always go to that first thing off the bat. Hey, Justin, mm-hmm. have you come across the sentient, evil, creepy vacuum cleaner that terrorized me as a kid? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't come across that one yet. Okay, if you do tell me the episode name, because I'd like to watch it again. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and just a little blurb there. If you guys are science fiction fans or just suspense fans, pretty much any of the modern stories you've ever seen were pretty much curved from Twilight Zone, so definitely check it out. Yeah, let's go with Mike. What's your favorite thing this week? I saw Green Lantern, and it, it despite all, like, you know, reviews and hype to the contrary, it didn't suck. You know, it wasn't mind-blowing, but I thought it was pretty, you know, middle of the pack. It wasn't, you know, it, it didn't make me want to vomit in horror or anything. <laughs> I, there were some cool visuals. It, it definitely had its problems. Problems, but I'm, like I said, it, yeah, I, I, I'm pleased that it, like, yeah, it wasn't, it didn't approach, like, Jonah Hex's level of suckiness. Nice. I know, right? Oh, and also, did you know that you can follow Green Lantern's adventures in <laughs> every month? Because if you didn't know, there's a there's a message right after the credits telling you of this, uh, informing you of this fact. Wait, he's a See comic that? book character? I did know that. Gosh. Crazy. I'm, I'm just gonna I'm gonna play this for serious for a second and just say I, I think that's a horrible advertising blunder. It seems like they had good intentions to inform people of product that they have, especially like if you go to CBR right now, it's like you know wallpapered from front to back up the ass 
with Green Lantern trade paperback ads. So like stuff like that is good, you know, in general for comics, but it's kind of funny. It's like any who who else but people who buy comics would stay till the end of the credits to see that message. Right. So it seems like a waste of advertising. It's like if you're going to advertise, you know, Green Lantern comics, the best thing to do it is right before these people watch the movie. I mean, I don't know whose bright idea that was, but they sound like they, you know, need to get a new, you know, advertising CEO or whatever. Would it have been yeah. too much trouble for them to, like, give out maybe, like, a free, you know, 10-page comic or something? That's actually kind of a clever idea. Like, I remember going to see Star Trek, you know, the recent one, and they were giving out, you know, some mini posters, and, you know, I thought that was a pretty neat, you know, little giveaway thing. So it just it seems kind of weird that, you know, Whoever's DC or Warner Brothers couldn't give out, you know, some comics or something. Yeah, I got a title for the story they could include. What the costume should look like. <laughs> What's that? Veins of green energy. <laughs> and here I thought the title would be. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Oh, actually, I want to go off Mike's awesome thing because as a toy collector, I do come across some cool stuff. I actually picked up the Green Lantern series Deck Star and. But dig. I don't know how to say his name. It's B apostrophe D G. <laughs> uh, well, I think it's supposed to be like Badger. Oh, know? really? That, that's the whole point. It's like you know how Chip is basically like a chipmunk, and then this is supposed to be a badger. So you're supposed to call him Badger. You know, like Chip. You know. <laughs> I mean, that, that's what I think. I mean, I could be wrong. There'll probably be like a Bruce Tim animated series a couple of years from now, and they'll be like, ha 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 ha. You know, you stupid fool, you really pronounce it bejijijar or whatever. <laughs> you know, but but for right now, I'm just going to go with, I, I think you're supposed to pronounce it like badger, you know, but just kind of, you know, like Jean's or just tightened, you know, badger. I always yeah. said badge. Badge? Yeah. Yep. I go with that. Either one. That was, uh, it comes with uh, Despotellus. These are your red, yellow, well, Sinestro Corpse, if you want to be specific, and Green Lantern minifigures that come with the torso of Stell. Which is actually a didn't know this. Apparently, a long-standing member of the Green Lanterns. I'm not really up to my Green Lantern auxiliary members, but Stell is a huge figure, and apparently these three little guys are very hard to find. They're short packed, and I saw them in Walmart, and I was like, gotta grab them because, well, if I don't, Stell won't have a chest. So I was kind of psyched about that. And honestly, Derek is pretty big on Deck Star because he's a house cat who is evil. <laughs> <laughs> and he's probably the best figure out of the bunch. He really does look like a pissed off house cat. And he become... Well, he's not. He's not. The, the house cat's not evil. He, he's just pissed off because his owner got killed, and he wants fucking revenge. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, the red lanterns. Red lanterns aren't actually evil. They're just full of rage. They're just mad. Uh, well, I always like. I always like what Jeff John says. It's like the the whole explanation for them is it's not an eye for an eye because it's not equal enough. You know, it's like. <laughs> You know they don't they don't want just one eye they want ten thousand eyes in response because because their their one eye you know their daughter getting killed isn't worth just one asshole getting wiped out they want to wipe out the whole you know freaking everybody who had anything to do with it you know like, everyone I always like that one panel from Dex, Dexter's Origin where he's you know he's got the ring and he's like I good kitty I kill yeah like I was like yeah that's a great that's a great <laughs> yeah. picture. And also, Derek, uh, you may be happy to know that Dexter actually is the only person that comes with the energy effect. He apparently comes Woo! with a red flaming hairball effect. Awesome. <laughs> hairball construct of blood. Yeah. 
Even Mike's like, that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that. Um, <laughs> you guys like DC figures from Mattel until totally they pick it up. And also, again, you can pick up these guys and build and uh, collect and connect, not build a figure that's Marvel. Collect and connect and make your own stealth figure. So, yeah, he's totally my awesome thing this week. Derek, so what's your awesome thing? Sure, I'll, I'll go. We'll carry on the Green Lantern love, I guess, because, I mean, I, I saw the movie. I thought it was okay, but I was going to pick Green Lantern Emerald Knights for my awesome thing this week. Emerald Knights is the sort of tie-in DVD Blu-ray that came out uh, the week before, and it basically tells, you know, a combination of, of several short stories of each member of the Green Lantern Corps. It's kind of like Hal Jordan, mostly, and of Sinestro telling Arisia, the young, you know, recruit in the context of the story, you know, about each, you know, different Green Lantern. And then at the end, they kind of have a big fight, kind of reminiscent of the Tales of the Green Lantern Corps miniseries, which you should check out, Tony, because Stell is prominently featured in there. It's like the first time he dies. So spoilers of like a 20-year-old comic. <laughs> oh, it's but, okay. Yeah. He comes back. <laughs> Yeah, he comes back, so it's not a big deal. But but yeah, he you know he was pretty prominently featured in that, along with the other 3,600 Green Lanterns. But anyway, it's kind of reminiscent of that because they all fight Krona, and it's kind of similar, you know, in that Tales of the Green Lantern Corps where they're all you know teaming up to fight Krona. Kind of you know the first time they had to do that, you know, it's supposed to be like, oh, it's such a big deal, we had to you know actually use all 3,600 of them, you know. So. so in your opinion, though, since you've seen you've seen Green Lantern 2, I assume, right? Yeah, yeah, I saw the movie. But, I thought it was okay. But which would you say is better, though, the animated DVD or the movie? I, I think I probably enjoyed the, the animated stuff a little more, but, but that, the you know, in no way means that the live-action thing was, you know, was bad. It just, uh, it's just a personal preference, I think. I liked some of the... The casting a little better, maybe in the well, the animated movie. Well, you're you're you know? more a comic fan. I, I assume that it's probably a little bit more true to the comics, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know. The character designs look the. It, it's it's interesting though because the some of the screenwriters they had on you know is not my favorite comic writer, but Mark Guggenheim did some of the the script for the Green Lantern live action movie, and then he also wrote a segment in the Emerald Knights, which I thought was one of the weaker segments, but he still, he still, you know, wrote one of them. And then what, what's kind of cool about the Emerald Knights thing is a lot of them are directly based on comic stories. So you've got, you know, a Kilowog story written by Peter Tomasi, who, you know, wrote that story originally in, in Green Lantern Corps, you know, comics, you know, currently, or uh, you've got like the old story from Green Lantern Quarterly, that features Lyra with the, you know, the art from Travis Charest, you know, in her first appearance and everything. So it's like they kind of took and gr grabbed some of the more, you know, probably what they thought were cool, you know, sort of short Green Lantern stories and strung them together. So, you know, I mean, it, it's probably, if anything, you know, it's, you know, Hal is in it, but in terms of a framing context. So, it, you know, it's cool to see Nathan Fillion do the voice and everything, but, you know, it features other characters that maybe you wouldn't be exposed to having watched the live-action movie. So I think it's a good companion piece as well. more in-depth. That's cool. By the way, just for the record, guys, they go to Walmart. As much as I like the Stell Collect and Connect figure, do not pick up the movie Stell figure. He sucks. He really does look like a Michael Bay slash 50s robot, and he's like three inches tall. So, yeah, don't pick that guy up. There's a little forewarning to any toy collectors out there. I think we've all decided that the Green Lantern toys kind of suck, even if the movie's pretty good, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they look pretty pretty bad. Yeah, I'm not, not a big fan. Brian, what's cool in your neck of the woods this week? This week, I finally got around to watching a movie I'm sure you guys have all seen. I watched Moon on Blu-ray. 
unfortunately, I kind of spoiled it a long, long time ago. I won't spoil it here. I don't know if there's anyone else besides me who still hasn't seen it. I basically knew the main revelation of the film, but I still really, really enjoyed it. It looks really good in Blu-ray, obviously. And I was watching some of the commentary after the film, and the director was talking quite a bit. And he said, basically, with such a short like budget compared to most like sci-fi movies they ended up using a lot of like models and miniatures instead of like cgi for the film yeah all that stuff like looked really really good and the and the way the director talked about it it would be like even if he'd had the budget to do cgi he probably would have went with the models just because you know he's a big fan of like old school sci-fi movies like alien and stuff like that so I really enjoyed the film. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, I'm glad yeah, I didn't I spoil it for you. <laughs> yeah, I've actually never heard of it. So. Oh, really? I think, I think Derek really hit on a good point earlier, though, with, like, Flash Gordon thing. Sometimes models really do look better. When you actually make the stuff and have it there, it just has, like, a more real quality, you know? Yeah, I'd, I'd rather have a real guy in a real Godzilla suit in a cardboard city as opposed to all CGI monster, all CGI city. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I, I think to me sometimes it, that even extends over to Sentai, whether it's current or Power Rangers or whatever. It's like I kind of like, you know, the guys in the, the rubber, you know, you know, suits or whatever, because sometimes like they, they go ahead and they, you know, give them the cheap CGI treatment. And I'm just kind of like, yeah. You know, I mean, I, some some stuff I know you you know you can't avoid doing you know because they got to like fly around and stuff like that. But I, I kind of I always like it when they cut back to the guys in the suits. Yeah, you know? yeah. it's kind of like you know when you see something explode, you're like, oh wow, something's actually exploding. Something's <laughs> actually going on. You know. Yeah. Somebody yeah, I highly out. recommend it to you two guys. It was an indie film. I think it won Sundance the year it was out, and is like filmed for like five five million or something. Really, really cheap budget, but it's a good like old old school style sci-fi flick. Because uh, this director, he he's British, I think. But he basically grew up on 70s and early 80s sci-fi movies, so that's kind of really poured into his own film. Awesome, yeah. So it's Moon, right? Yeah, and cool, it has yeah, Kevin definitely. Spacey doing a robot voice. So heck yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe worth the price of admission on that alone. And as long as like at some point Kevin Spacey is like you know talking to them and they're like so is this the correct procedure we should do robot kevin spacey voice he's like wrong <laughs> <laughs> okay sorry i had to go there it's funny uh, i can't even believe how awesome this podcast has been this week i love the 80s obviously if you listeners cannot tell we too love the 80s a whole lot great podcast i really don't have that much more to say can't really go into it because i'm so happy with how this turned out so i'm just gonna say this is tony chainclaw what about you guys let's go ahead and sign off for the night this is brian breakdown hey this is derek derek wc this is frenchy leblanc <laughs> oh mike i mean i almost gave him my secret identity <laughs> code names code names this is Justin Grimlock, and I'm still truly, truly outrageous. Always. We will see you next time on Fan Holes. Peace. Ah, oh, that was a fucking awesome show. <clears throat> I just really love Bobby Brown singing. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um...
It was a little funkier. It was like, you know, Ghostbusters moved into, like, past the Ray Parker Jr. era. Yeah. I gave yeah. It up. They were <laughs> too hot to handle, too cold to hold. <laughs> they called the Ghostbusters. They were in control. Um, <laughs> it's only parties for a bunch of children, but all the wildest time was under the building. Oh, sorry. <laughs> they packed up. They oh, got equipped, came equipped, started the proton packs on the back, and they split. But now I tell you about Vico, the master of evil. Try to battle my boys. That's not legal. Okay. <laughs> you, you, you know it. <laughs> we know the song, man. <clears throat> you could not know that song if you saw that movie even once. Yeah. Okay, okay. Oh, all right. Cold start.